3: tanner fans angela bowen here the host of oh my lanta holy chalupas an unofficial full house fuller house podcast how's everyone doing today i'm doing good had a nice little break now i decided for april since april 1st is april fool's day to do a fun rusty episode The Master of Disaster, of course, as he calls himself. Season 4, Episode 10, entitled Terror in Tanner Town. Which aired on November 23, 1990. In this episode, Danny's new girlfriend, Cindy, introduces her mischievous son to the family. This episode actually has a 7.5 out of 10, based on 186 ratings. This episode was directed by Joel Zwick. Writers Jeff Franklin, the creator, and Boyd Hale. Which the name Boyd Hale makes me think, because we know that Derek, Michelle's friend Derek, his last name is Boyd, and Steve's last name is Hale. I wonder if that's where that came up from, I don't know. Alright, let's get into some trivia. This episode marks the first time Joey does the voice of Mr. Woodchuck. Sans puppet does not have the puppet yet, but he does the voice. Warning spoilers! The scene where Rusty pranks the girls is mentioned in an episode of Fuller House. That's right, the Happy New Year Baby episode where Max... Uses a jump rope and ties the doors together of his and Jackson's room and Ramona's room so the older kids can't get out because they tried to fool him into thinking it was the countdown to New Year's had already happened. We have some connections. Danny lines the family up and they sing Do Re Mi from The Sound of Music. The Brady Bunch mentioned by Danny, where he says he uh, he's the one that has the three girls with hair of gold, and of course, like oh well, there's no Alice. Well, we could put Joey in a maid's outfit. <laughs> yeah yeah, we got some goofs, three goofs, miscellaneous on Joey's videotape that Rusty recorded over of himself. The camera moves around on a tripod, keeping him in frame. Since Rusty taped himself, the camera should have remained still. Plot holes. How could Rusty put the table cover inside Danny's pants without Danny feeling it or anybody seeing it? Well, they can't see it if it's underneath the table. Rusty wasn't even sitting near him during lunch. That is a very good, interesting point, yes. Revealing mistakes right after Rusty ties the doorknobs together as Jesse, Stephanie, and DJ are pulling on their doors. The wall by the girls' room can be seen shaking. This wouldn't happen if it was a real wall. Well, then I need to keep my peepers open and, and see that. That's something definitely, I've seen these episodes a bunch of times. I just, wow, I wouldn't have known that. Alright, we got some reviews. The first one, of course, by the ever faithful power Mandan, gives this a 10 out of 10 and titles it an Awesome Exclamation Point. This review was put up January 17th, 2019. This episode introduces us to menacing Whoops, my timer's going off. This episode introduces us to menacing Rusty. He is expertly played to the bone. By Jordan Christopher Michael, a kid that should have been a megastar. Danny has been dating dry cleaner Cindy, and he thinks it is time for their families to meet. She is reluctant to bring her son, Rusty, over. Rusty pulls so many hilarious pranks on the entire household. The whole movie has... the, The whole movie... The whole episode has me laughing too hard. The reason for Rusty's reign of terror is because his parents are divorced and he hopes they will get back together. His pranks are a wedge. The jokes and seriousness are all paced perfectly, and this kid could not have played or written. Could not have been played or written better. All right, Taylor Kingston. Put this up June 15, 2015. Gives it a 6 out of 10. The one with Rusty. I enjoyed this episode. It's not one of my all-time favorites from the series or even this season, but it's still very funny and a good time to watch. In this episode, Danny decides to introduce his new girlfriend, Cindy, to the rest of the family, so he invites her and her son, Rusty, over for lunch. It should be a nice occasion, but nothing ever works out the way you plan. Rusty wrecks havoc on the Tanner clan and the Tanner household. He does anything he can to annoy and aggravate the rest of the house. But when when they prank him back, Rusty finally respects them. Overall, I give this episode a 6 out of 10, which in my ratings book is good. Alright, so Terror in Tanner Town came out in November of 1990. Rusty is pretty in the same vein as, say, Kevin McAllister from Home Alone, which also came out in 1990. When did that that came out? In November 16th, so right around the time that this episode aired, Home Alone had already come out. Granted, I don't think they would have gotten it from that, but... Here's another movie that is a pretty good ringer for this. Problem Child also came out in 1990. A young boy is just short of a monster. He is adopted by a loving man and his wacky wife. The laughs keep keep coming as the boy pushes them to the limits. And this movie, of course, came out in July 27, 1990, so maybe they garnered a little bit of that. ...from the character Junior Healy. Another movie, which did not come out in 1990, but... Let's see. Man of the House with J.T.T. He has a single mom. His mom is constantly going out on dates until she meets The One, played by Chevy Chase, whose name is Jack in this movie. A young boy refuses to accept his mother's new boyfriend... A lawyer, despite this, despite the man's attempts to win his respect. Meanwhile, okay, I don't care about that. Um, anyway, this is pretty similar in the same vein. Rusty is a child of divorce. He is having a difficult time adjusting to the fact that his mom is going out and m- meeting guys. And that divorce must be really, really fresh because Rusty is all under the impression, like, if I scare this guy away, my mom and dad will get back together. But the thing is, he's not just doing this to Danny. I mean, it'd be one thing if Cindy were just dating a guy who was a single guy who wasn't married, didn't have kids. This is a whole house full of people that Rusty is playing these pranks on, like, not only do I gotta upset this guy, I gotta upset his three daughters, his brother-in-law and fiancé, his friend, whatever, you know, it's just like, and we don't know if Danny is the first guy that she's dated since, you know, she and her husband divorced, you know, he's probably done this before with other people, and they are just like, I can't deal with this, Cindy. I I just I can't. I like you, but whatever's going on with your son, you need to work that out. I'm just thinking back to the episode, Danny's very first date in season one, where he goes out with Linda, who is the hive mother of the honeybees, to which Stephanie is a part of. DJ is the one who's a little disgruntled over the idea of Danny dating again so shortly after I mean at this point I put it at least what 6 months after Pam's death and she she doesn't go to the rusty um she doesn't take the rusty route as far as making uh Linda's life nightmare thank goodness but, you know, Rusty comes in, this kid's got a chip on his shoulder, it's just, his responses to Danny's questions are all like, "Jeez, this guy's trying to bond with me, ugh. But we'll get more into that. Alright, of course, before I get into the episode, I'd like to let you all know where you can follow along with the podcast on the Facebook page, Oh My Lanta, Holy Chalupas, Full House, Fuller House podcast, or you can just type in Full House Podcast, Fuller House Podcast, whichever you like, and the page will pop up. That way you'll find out about upcoming episodes. On Instagram, OMHC, Full House, Fuller House Pod. On Twitter, OMHC, Full House. And if you guys would like to send an email, if you want to talk about your Full House memories, your favorite characters, you want to ask, try to... Stump me with a full house trivia question. I say bring it on. So send that email to omhcfhfhpodcast at gmail.com. And if you've been enjoying the podcast for a while, if you haven't gotten a chance yet, go to iTunes, go to Apple Podcasts, and leave a review for the All My Lanta Holy Chalupas Full House Fuller House podcast. You can use emojis to describe your favorite character, favorite episode, whatever you want to do. That way, the more reviews the show gets, the easier it is for other Full House, Fuller House fans like yourselves to find the podcast. So, all right, without further ado, let's jump into this episode. I, like, this is a fun one. All right, of course, before we can get to the episode, we have to see the cold open. We're in Jesse's room. At this point, Jesse and Becky are engaged. They haven't exactly set a date for the wedding yet. Or even a place to get married. So, Becky is playing dress-up with Jesse, having him try a top hat on. And he's wearing a tuxedo that's got, like, uh, a long, like, tail on it. The point that goes down to the back of his thigh. Just just above his knees So She was dreaming up a Downton Abbey wedding Before Downton Abbey was even a thing I mean I'm sorry But I see Top hats and tails On suit jackets I think Downton Abbey all the way Of course In the room is Michelle Just hanging out on Jesse's bed Probably looking bored Like I gotta be here for this Great of course, Jessie's like, gosh, we haven't even set a date for the wedding yet, Becky, and you already got me trying on goofy hats. Besides, everyone's coming to see my hair, so. Becky, of course, wants a formal Downton Abbey-themed wedding. <laughs> she wants a formal, I mean, her dad's paying for it, so, it's. but it's like, come on, why don't you just be you? She wants a formal... I mean, if that's what you're into, great. But it's like, you guys gotta compromise. She wants one a wedding her way. Of course, it's really, it's the bride's day. It's her big day. I mean, it is the groom's big day, too. But everyone lavishes on the bride. Becky's like, well, we can get an objective opinion as she turns Jesse around to face Michelle and ask her opinion. Becky asks, Michelle, what do you think of your Uncle Jesse? And she looks at him and says, you look very handsome. She's got a little side pony thing going on. Is that a side pony or is that a regular pony? T- I don't know. And Jesse doesn't buy it. Like, okay, uh, did Becky pay, d- give you something to say that? Yeah, he's like, did Becky tell you to say that? And Michelle's like, yes, she did. Did she give you something to say that? And Michelle's like, yes, she did, and holds up a cherry Tootsie Pop. I like the chocolate ones and the grape ones. I never liked orange. Right, and now they have so many kooky, crazy flavors. It's just like, I never came across, like, raspberry or lemon or anything, which just sounds nasty. So Jesse hands her a dollar says, alright, tell me what you really think. Michelle's like, you look like the cat in the hat. Jesse just takes the hat and just throws it on the bed. Like, you know what? I'm not getting married looking like a Dr. Seuss cartoon. Of course, Becky wants formal. He wants a Viva Las Vegas motif. Ugh. Well, you could always just elope in Vegas and then do a real wedding for Becky. and could do it twice. Who wants to do that, though? I'd say the Alibaba wedding hotel thing, chapel can count towards that. Like you had your shot. But everything has to be Elvis related. But apparently to him it has to be. Like it's either Elvis or nothing with him. And Becky just looked at him like, "What?" And of course we cut to Michelle who put on Jesse's top hat which covers almost her entire head. She's like, "Hey, it's talking heel." Jesse goes over, pulls the top hat off her head, and she's like, You have a fat head. I'm like, no, not really. It's just too big on your head. And Becky is like, You got that right, Michelle. When she tells Jesse has got a fat head, he's like, What? Give me my buck back as he pulls it out of her hand. He's like, I still got my lollipop. Jessie, like, leans into her face. I still got my lollipop. <laughs> I'm going to play this clip because it is just, it's too funny.
4: Come on. Becky, we haven't even set a date for the wedding yet and you got me trying on goofy hats. Besides, the guests would be disappointed. They're coming to see my hair.
1: Well, I would like a formal wedding and I think a top hat and tails is very elegant. But we can get an objective opinion. <clears throat> Michelle, what do you think of your Uncle Jesse?
0: You look very really handsome. <laughs>
4: did Becky tell you to say that?
1: Yes, yeah, she
0: did. Yeah, did
4: she give you something
0: yes she did
4: all right here's a buck tell me what you really think
0: you look like the cat in the hat
4: i'm not getting married dressed like a dr seuss cartoon besides formal wedding doesn't coincide with my whole viva las vegas motif what
0: hey it's dark in here <laughs> You got a fat head. You got
4: that right. Give my buck back. I still
3: got my, <laughs> my pop. Alright, so we come out of the intro and Danny is running down the stairs into the kitchen. It's like, oh it's a dry cleaning. I got it. I got it. Don't get the door, it's for me. Of course it's Cindy. We Like I said, we don't know her and Rusty's last name. kind of funny that Danny is dating a woman who owns a dry cleaning business, being that he is, like, Mr. Clean. And I'm looking at the shirts that she hands him, because they're all nice and pressed and clean. He's like, just like, I like it, as he, like, kicks the door shut with his foot. And a lot of them just look like, at first I thought, well, maybe it could be you know, a suit jacket that he wears on Wake Up San Francisco because, you know, he's been on Wake Up San Francisco since season two when he started with Becky. They're just average. I'm just going out to, like, get some gardening supplies or I don't know if he gardens, but... Or just I'm just hanging around the house. I'm wearing a... It's, they're button-up shirt, long-sleeve button-up shirts. She tells him how she got that mustard stain out of his shirt. He's like, oh, you're amazing. Tell me how. She's like, you know how. He's like, yes, but say it. Say the words. Danny, calm down. She says, martinizing. I want to look up that word. What does that even mean? Okay, I was looking up martinizing, and I just see a lot of, like, dragoners called martinizing, but... I did find, what is one-hour martinizing? So, one-hour martinizing is defined as a quick process for dry cleaning clothes at the facility you drop them off at using specialized solvent. It can also be used to define the franchises of Martin franchises. Whoa, that's wonderful. Oh, do dry cleaners kill germs? Is able to tackle germs precisely because of the multilatered Dry heat exposure of the clothing that would literally kill most organisms left in fabric at any high heat, dry, cleaning, or drying for about 30 minutes is the surest and most effective way to kill various bacteria and viruses. On average, dry cleaning can cost anywhere from $1 to $5 per shirt and up. In most cases, this will depend on where the dry cleaners is located, if they are busy with other orders to fulfill, and if they iron your apparel in addition to cleaning them. Of course, Danny just loves that. He's like, oh yes, as they kiss. And of course, Danny, Bob Saget's a tall man, so even she... Who's maybe a few inches shorter than Danny, still has to, like, practically lean up on her tiptoes to kiss him. And of course, the audience is like, Woo! Of course, Danny breaks away from the kiss and says, Oh, this is so much better than when Julio did the dry cleaning. Yes, because when I'm kissing someone, I want them to mention another name afterwards. Like, mm-mm. so they've been dating for two weeks, and. She met him when he brought in all the clothes that had various stains that were practically w- were set in four basic stain groups. Didn't know that was a thing. Then again, I don't take my clothes to be dry cleaned either. Browned in, caked on, soaked up, and ew, gross. So of course this was just a quick drop in the clothes off. I got to get back because she left Julio running the store. And Danny asks her, like, hey, why don't you and your son come over for lunch on Saturday? You know, you haven't even met my family yet. And we've been going out for two weeks. Cindy, of course, is a little hesitant. She's like, well, Rusty is just going through kind of an awkward stage at the moment. He's really having a hard time handling my divorce. You guys have only been together for two weeks. I honestly was at said... I can come over, but I don't think I'm ready to bring my son over at this moment. I would have said if you want to wait like a month, till you guys have been together like a month, maybe a month and a half. Did she just start dating Danny right after she signed the divorce? I I don't know, but it's just like when he asks her that, she is literally a deer in headlights. Well, like how am I gonna? Yeah, she's really hesitant. Like, I don't know. He's like, oh, come on. It'll be like our own little Brady Bunch thing because our families haven't even met yet. And this is the Brady Bunch theme with the whole I'm the one with the three girls all with a hair of gold. And Cindy mentions, oh, but there's no Alice. And Joy's like, well, true. I erred Joy. Danny's like, true. We could just put Joey in a maid's outfit. Well, huh? Oh my god. She had a shag haircut like Florence Henderson? Now, when you say shag haircut, do you mean like the one where like it's like short hair, but then it's like a mini mullet thing that kind of flares out at the ends? That monstrosity, Lola. <laughs> if anyone ever did that, like I don't know, just there's something not right there. That that look just it's just all kinds of all. I don't care if it was the '70s, all kinds of wrong in my eyes. I Love how Danny and she are Just so comfortable they're just having a Conversation about Florence Henderson And like hairstyles <laughs> And he also refers to Florence Henderson's Hair like a uh, basically like a ski Cap with hair she's a Pretty lady she's Blonde And it just makes me think Of like His wife Pam Because at this point you would have seen what Pam Looked like and that home movie, Goodbye, Mr. Bear, which I'll be doing for Mother's Day in May. But she's a pretty lady. You know, she kind of reminds me of this, that Lisa is, a, it was Lisa Hartman Black, but eventually I guess she got, I think she was married to like Clint Black, the mu- uh, country musician, and then she got divorced. But anyway, she kind of reminds me of her. So I'm going to play this clip. It's dry cleaning. I'll get it. I'll
1: get it. <laughs> I got it. Dry cleaning, Mr. Tanner?
2: Just the way I like it. Dry and clean.
1: I uh, got that mustard stain out for you.
2: You're amazing. Tell me how.
1: You know how.
2: Yeah, but say the word. Say it.
1: Martinizing.
2: Oh, yes. <laughs> This is so much better than when Julio delivered the cleaning
1: <laughs> You know, it's hard to believe it's been two weeks since we first met You walked into my cleaning store with all of your dirty clothes separated into the four basic stain groups
2: Ground in, caked on, soaked up, and ooh, gross
1: <laughs> I better get back, I uh, left Julio running the store
2: Cindy, wait a minute Why don't you and your son come over for lunch on Saturday?
1: I don't know, Danny. You see, Rusty's been going through an awkward stage since my divorce.
2: Yeah, but our families haven't even met yet. Come on, it'll be fun. It'll be like our own little Brady Bunch thing. Of course, I'm the one with the three girls all with the hair of gold.
1: Oh, but there's no Alice.
2: True, but we could put Joey in a maid's outfit.
1: You know, I used to have a shag haircut just like Florence Henderson. Yeah, well, not the hairdo in those Western Oil commercials. Oh, no, but the one before. It was kind of a...
2: Yeah, it was like a ski cap only with hair. Yeah,
1: yeah,
2: Right. yeah. yeah. So it's settled, Saturday at noon? Okay. Great.
1: Oh, Danny, I have been dying to tell you something. What? Hairspray helps remove ink stains.
2: <laughs> Down boy. I love it when you talk clean to me.
3: <laughs> so now we're getting to the dinner This clearly, of course, has gotta be like on a Saturday or a Sunday. And Danny is just, he's nervous, he wants this to go well, I get it. But the way that he has the family lined up from tallest to smallest, we got Jesse, Joey, Becky, DJ, Stephanie, Michelle, and of course Comet. Because, you know, Comet's part of the family. And, of course, Joey and Jesse kind of rag on Danny a little bit. They're not taking it seriously. I don't know whether he's doing this just because he is uh, OCD type or if he just this is this is Danny's thing. This is what he do does. I mean, does he think like, oh, you know, Cindy's going to come through the door and she's going to be like, oh, I like what you did there with your family lined up. tallest to smallest. Or is this a Sound of Music thing? Is that... Because I haven't seen Sound of Music. It's on Disney+. Plus. It's in my queue. I've been wanting to get to it. I will get to it. That movie actually played at the video store that I worked at. And I just would catch snippets of it because, you know, I would be working and stuff. And, of course, we could only play, like, anything that was G-rated. You can play PG or anything like that. Um, Usually after, like, 9 o'clock or before a certain time that you put in the the video store tape that's got all the previews of movies that are up and coming or whatever. Anyway, so Jesse is kind of slouching with his head kind of turned to the side. And Danny's like, Jesse, please stand up straight. And of course, Jesse's like, what is this, a Julie Andrews movie? And of course, Julie's like, hey, Jess, just go with it. And they start doing the, uh, oh, a deer, a female deer, Ray, a drop of golden sun, me, a name I call myself. Uh, I can't remember the rest of it. Oh, it's where Danny's like, I know you're all having fun, but this is really important to me. And then he gets in on it like I know me, a name, I call myself. And, called, and of course I don't think Michelle's gonna know the words, but DJ and Stephanie clearly do. Wouldn't it be funnier if Comet kinda got in on it and just started barking along? Roof, roof, woof, 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 I, I, like, come on, come on, you're part of the family. Get in on this thing, of the theater family sing-along. Oh, he's like, oh, this has gone too far. And he's like, oh, I know. Far, uh, far, 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 far. A, blah, 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 blah. a f- long, long way to run. Right, I'm going to play because they do it a billion times better than I could ever do. I can't just, I can't. Yeah, I'll play it through this thing. And then, of course, we get the introduction of, well, we've already met Cindy, but we get the introduction of Rusty.
2: All right, everybody, Cindy and Rusty are going to be here any minute. Size places, please. Let's go. Jesse. please stand up straight. Where is this, a Julie Andrews movie? Hey, go with it, Jess. Go. A deer. A female deer. <laughs> ray. A I drop of
0: golden gold sun.
2: Look, I know you're all having fun, but this is really important to me. Me, my
0: name, is, I call myself. This has
2: gone too far. I know far, a long, long way to run. So no, I need a pulling thread. They're here. Look, Cindy's really special, and I really like her, and we really hit it off, and, and no pressure, but I really want today to be the greatest day of my life. So let her in. Yeah, really? really, really oh man. Right. Cindy, Rusty, you made
1: it. Hi
2: Did you hear that? Isn't she the greatest? Cindy, Rusty, I'd like you to meet the Tanner bunch From the tallest to the smallest I'm Danny, this is Jesse Joey, Rebecca DJ, Stephanie Michelle, and that's Comet
0: My daddy likes you <laughs> oh, That's so sweetie.
3: Thanks. Where's my dollar? <laughs> well, you don't get money for nothing. I don't know else.
4: where she gets this stuff. <laughs> All right, come on, Chowson, follow me. Me.
2: I, I call, call myself. Myself. i a rock. I'm not interested.
3: Of course, there's a knock at the door. It's Cindy and Rusty. And Danny goes to the door, but he turns to his family. He says, "Look." Cindy's a great lady. I really like her. We really hit it off. I really don't want to mess this up, so please don't mess this up for me, guys. And Jesse's like, if she's so great, then let her in. Like, why are you leaving her hanging? Going through the door. So, yeah, we meet Rusty who's wearing this what is it? Like a Robin's Egg Blue, maybe? Is that an Izzod shirt? Yeah, Is that the one with a crocodile in the corner? I think it's a, it's a crocodile, right? Because I thought there's also one that's got, like, a a polo, like, a guy on a horse doing the the horse polo or whatever it's called. Danny, of course, introduces the Tanner Bunch because he's going on the Brady Bunch theme here. Like, I'd like to introduce you to the Tanner Bunch from the tallest to the smallest. I'm Danny. This is Jesse, Joey, Rebecca, or Becky, DJ, uh, Stephanie, Michelle, and, of course, Comet. Of course, Michelle has now been programmed to think that when she gives out a compliment, she gets a dollar. And she's like, "My daddy likes you." And she's, like, "Oh, that's so sweet." As she bends down to Michelle's level, and of course, Michelle puts her hand out like, "Great, where's my dollar?" Oh Kama is like just so super fo- No, he's actually focused on whoever the trainer is off-screen, or maybe he's staring at Rusty like I got a bad feeling about this kid. Can you imagine if Rusty, or (laughs) Rusty, if Kama just started barking at Rusty and growling at him? Because you know that dogs can sense things about people. I'm not saying that Rusty is like a Macaulay Culkin from The Good Son. He's not that level of... Of bad. He's not, like, trying to kill the the Tanner family one by one. He's just playing pranks on them. But <laughs> so Jesse, of course, arms full, like, you know, I don't know where she gets the stuff. Like, yeah, right. You taught her that, Jesse. Like, all right, child's on. And he's like, follow me. And then Joey continues with the me, a name I call myself. Michelle doesn't know the words I mean they're, they're not going to give that to uh, Mary Kate or Ashley Olsen they're Like good luck keeping up with the, the lyrics I mean she's just She doesn't even They don't even have to memorize lines They have someone coaching them Or well and They're not even really old enough to read Too much yet so it's just someone Saying the lines and they have to repeat them But they're not going to say Here sing this song along with the family Oh, yeah, the family is like one long Tanner train. And, of course, we see Danny and Cindy are still kneeling. And, of course, Cindy's petting Comet, who is like, please don't touch me. (laughs) I have no interest in you petting me. You don't have a treat, so (laughs) what am I still doing here? But, of course, Comet, as the scene fades to the next scene, follows Michelle like, you don't have a treat. I'm over this, bye. Alright, now the family is enjoying mini corns on the cob. Uh, most likely chicken, because they do have that a lot. Of course, they got their glass of milk. So they got their majority of the food groups covered. Not sure what's in that bowl. Mashed potatoes, maybe. So, you know how couples, or just people in general, they have those inside jokes with each other, but then it's like when they try to explain it to someone else, someone else like just doesn't get it and just stares at them blankly like, I don't get it. Because Danny's like, oh, I heard the funniest joke the other day. A monkey walks into a bar and then Cindy jumps up like, oh yeah, I heard that one. It's like, but keep your hands off my cigar. And of course the family just looks at them like, what? But of course, uh, Danny's like, oh, sorry. Uh, <laughs> it'd be funnier if you heard the middle part, like the whole joke. <laughs> they already have little, well... That's no, not really so much an inside joke as they both heard the same joke and they both find it funny. Oh, well, that sounds like a is that a Groucho Marx thing with the whole he's got the cigarette at the corner of his mouth. Da, 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 da. Oh my, I love DJ and Stephanie's reaction. DJ just kind of looks at Stephanie like Can you believe this, and Stephanie just rolling her eyes like my father, everybody. Ay. So Danny changes the subject. So, yeah, Danny says, oh, Cindy, because he kind of changes the topic. Like, do you know that Jesse and Becky are getting married? And I'm just like, well, first of all, she just met them. So, (laughs) anyway, she's like, oh, wow, when? And Jesse's like, well, we haven't set a date yet, but definitely we know where. And Jesse says Tennessee and Becky says Nebraska, which, I mean, makes sense. You know, her, her family and her home and everything. Jesse, of course, is just, he's on this Elvis kick. It's like he wants to get married in Graceland. Like, what? No. You gonna fly all your family and friends out to Graceland? Come on now. If you wanna go visit, like, on a trip sometime, every aspect of his life is Elvis, and it's a bit, it's a bit frightening. (laughs) I mean, if Becky loved Elvis as much as Jesse, or even, I don't know, with his obsession with Elvis, if I were Becky, and I were marrying Jesse, and he said, I want to get married at, in Graceland, I'd be like, no, it, the, the, Lady should have a choice. Technically it's her wedding, even though it's his too, but even still, it's like it's supposed to be romantic and you wanna to go to a tourist destination for your wedding. Not to mention, would they even would you even be able to have a wedding at so, at a place like that? It'd probably be expensive as heck. I really don't think they'd even let you. Jesse just looked at her like Nebraska And she looked at him like Are you what's wrong with Illing? She's like, that's where my family is. It's like she's not just picking a spot on the map, say, hey, I want to get married in North Dakota. It makes sense. She grew up there. Her family is there. Of course, she's like, what's in Tennessee? I'm like, gee, Becky, if you think hard enough, like clean air, friendly folks. (coughs) Graceland. (laughs) And she looks at him like, did you just cough Graceland first of all, you guys are having a debate which is inappropriate. You're all having lunch. You want to save this little mini-fight? Save it behind closed doors and have it behind closed doors. But let's, like, move on from this. Because not to mention you have a couple guests in your home. I don't think that they want to sit around a table eating lunch, listening to a couple. people They don't even know arguing about something so trivial. It's like, fine. Just say, we haven't set a date, we haven't exactly set a destination or place to have the wedding, and leave it at that. You don't need to turn this into a big heated issue that you technically should just keep private. I love Becky's response. Like, I'm not going all the way to Grayson to get married in some g- guitar-shaped chapel. Like, it's a guitar-shaped pool. The chapel is a giant sideburn. Ugh. Saved by the bell. Luckily, uh, Cindy can get out of this mess that uh, she created by asking a simple question that she didn't know was going to lead to an argument. Well, that's my story. I gotta get back. Come on, Rusty. Let's go. And of course, Rusty's all like, but Mom, I'm still eating. Shoot, honey, we can take it to go. We get- I gotta get back. Julio's running the store. He hasn't had a break today. He, he needs to eat. He's got a little blood sugar. Oh, well, Cindy goes over the phone to kind of call her store, find out what's going on with poor Julio, who has not had a break all day. Danny decides to chat with Rusty, since he's right there. Like, alright, yeah, I'll take a chance to get to know this little guy here. Rusty, who's probably about, I'd say he's at least 11 or 12. Well, maybe 10. So, Rusty, what are you into? Cub Scouts? Little League? And, of course, you know Rusty probably gets this treatment from every guy that Cindy brings home. I really want to know the amount of time that the divorce happened and Rusty's dad moved out. How much time has it been between that and when she, Danny must, Well, he can't be the first guy that she's brought home because Rusty always pulls this crap. Another thing I want to learn, what was Rusty like before his parents got divorced? Was he already acting out? Because his parents were probably fighting all the time. So yeah, Danny's like, what are you into? Cub Scouts? You know, Little League? As he kind of lightly punches Rusty on the shoulder. Because before Wake Up, San Ra- Wake Up San Francisco, Danny was a sports uh, commentator. Sports announcer, whatever you want to call him. And Rusty, of course, handles this like a pro. He's probably been asked this all the time whenever his mom's previous boyfriends or flavor of the week guys come through the door. <clears throat> it's like, you know what, Mr. Tanner? He just kind of looks at him like, all right, I'll play this game. It's like he's throwing him a curveball like, you know, Mr. Tanner, I'm kind of a loner. It's like, yeah, handle that, Danny. I love this sly, like, slanty eyed look at Danny, like, (laughs) how are you gonna handle that answer? And Danny just smiles, like, "Mm, yeah, okay. Mm, Well. (laughs) And he does not say anything, he just smiles, like, oh. Well, I guess I won't ask you any more questions. Good. <laughs> it's like, Rossi put up a wall like, nice try, Mr. Tanner, but I'm not gonna play your... G- not, I'm, I'm not gonna answer your question. So now we got a little something going on here. Is Jesse's like, hey, Joey, pass me the salt. Well, yeah, sure, here you go. And of course, Jesse goes to pour it. All this trick in the book, unscrewing the salt shaker so when the person gets it, it's gonna dump all over... I mean, that is a thing that you're like, you can't prepare for something like that. You're like, oh my gosh, it's pouring out, too much, too much, and pull back. It's like, by the time he realizes, the whole little bottle of salt is just completely covering his mashed potatoes. You can't mix up those mashed potatoes, you can't drown. I mean, I like salt as much as the next person, but I don't want that much salt. I don't want my heart to stop while I eat mashed potatoes. I'm sorry, but I don't. That is the kind of thing that I think that anybody, some people can just, like, oh, it's too much salt, whatever. I'll at least... But other people, that can ruin someone's day. Like, oh, i like, was oh, having such a great day. sun someone shining. I'm going out to lunch with somebody. And then this happens. Ugh. First, Jesse's like, oh, Joey, slap against the back of the head and Joey's like what what's that for he's like you unscrewed this salt shaker he's like I did not I haven't done that since high school and the family like looks at him like okay once I did a, a, you know at the sizzler <laughs> what is the sizzler place I wanna look this up because this is mentioned in, on other episodes and it's just this has got to be a real place right when Joey said it wasn't me we cut to Danny who just cocks his head like come on Joey you're the only one in this house that would probably pull something like that everyone else would not do that no one else wants to see Danny become unhinged oh junior high school like I haven't pulled that bit since junior high school And everybody turns to roll their eyes like come on Joey who are you fooling Like, okay high school and Joey finally <laughs> breaks. Like, Alright, it was last week of the sizzler. You didn't have to hit me. Jeez. Uh, now Cindy gets off the phone. like, Oh, guys, I'm so sorry. We got to cut this short. There's a problem down at the store. Julio needs a break. <laughs> and we're out of a uh, type of cleaner solution. And I, my orders are just backed up for days. He's like, oh, we shouldn't be long, so what? It's like, here, let's do this quick fix, and then that way I can, we can come back and continue. Everyone's going to be done with lunch. Like, alright, Rusty, let's go. Because it's like, there's no way she was going to let him stay there by himself. She knows her son well enough. Like, I don't trust you. In fact, I didn't even want to bring you today because I know you that well. He just plays it off so like oh, mom, I'm still eating. She's like, well, we'll get it to go. And Danny kind of jumps in and was like, oh, well, you know what? Well, you let him stay. I mean, it's like, we've got a house full of babysitters here. <laughs> like four adults. How much trouble is this kid going to be? Yeah, he's like, hey, I hardly got to know the little guy. Just, you know, let him hang out here for a little bit. And she's like, oh, mm. and she's really hesitant. Like, she does not want to leave him because she knows her son because she actually bends down, takes her thumb and index finger, holds his chin, and says, Now, Rusty, you be on your best, best, best behavior. And he's like, I'll be fine, Mom. Yeah, I um, I don't trust that kid any farther than I could throw him against the wall. Not that I would, but... <laughs> oh, God! <laughs> I'm sorry! <laughs> I'm gonna play this clip.
2: I heard the funniest joke yesterday. A monkey walks into a barber shop. <laughs> oh,
1: that's my favorite joke. It ends with, um. But,
2: but get your, your hands, hands off my cigar. Off my cigar. <laughs> 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 it's even funnier with the middle part. <laughs> so, Cindy, did you know that Jesse and Rebecca are getting married?
1: Oh, really? That's wonderful. When?
2: Well, we haven't set a date yet, but we definitely know where. Nebraska. <laughs>
4: Nebraska?
1: That's where my family is. What's in Tennessee?
4: Clean air, friendly folks.
2: Graceland! <laughs> uh,
1: Did you just cough, Graceland? Uh, yeah. I'm not going all the way to Graceland to get married in some guitar-shaped chapel. <laughs>
4: It's a guitar-shaped pool, all right? The chapel's a giant sideburn.
1: And this <laughs> is what you need, Pardon me, I have to call my store. So, Rusty, what are you
2: into? Cub Scouts? Little League?
0: Just tell the truth, Mr. Tanner. I'm kind of a... a loner.
2: <laughs> Has been
4: Saltway.
5: On the salt shaker, Mr. Maturity. It wasn't me. I haven't pulled that bit since junior high school. Okay, high school. All right, it was last week at the Sizzler. You didn't have to hit me.
1: I'm really sorry, you guys. Uh, There's a little problem down at the store. But uh, we shouldn't be long. Come on, Rusty. Oh, I'm still leading. Well, We'll take it to go.
2: Oh, come on. I hardly got to know the little guy. why don't you go on ahead and let Rusty hang out here with us?
1: All right. The I should have Now, Rusty, you will be on your best, best, best behavior. I'll be fine, Mom. Mm-hmm. See y'all
2: later.
0: Bye bye. One more, please. Missing, missing, missing. I'll
2: go get a towel. Oh, God. Yeah. tablecloth get tucked in my pants
5: (laughs) i have never put anything down his pants (laughs) all right once at the sizzler
3: (laughs) oh my god
0: daddy i wasn't
5: finished
3: looked it up and there is in fact a sizzler restaurant so what i thought was oh is on shirt with the little alligator, which I swear I thought that's what it was. No, actually, it looks like he goes to, like, a private school. Like, maybe Rusty got kicked out of almost every single public school within, in their district, and she ends up having to put him in private school. It's got, like, a couple, like, crests on the front of it. Which, I mean, when I think of a crest, I think of, like, Gryffindor, you know, Slytherin, Ravenclaw, Hufflepuff. Not that he goes to Hogwarts or anything. Oh my goodness. You imagine him. He'd be hanging out with Malfoy. He would so be in Slytherin. I think his shirt in cursive says, like, Blue Bloods or something. Oh, just as she's leaving, if she had stayed, because he set all this up, which was taking place, the salt took place while Cindy was on the phone. Immediately, I bet anything, if she'd have been sitting there, she would have lasered in on Rusty. If she'd have stayed, because he did all this stuff, she didn't see it till, I mean, she left. With the the milk, because Michelle's like, more milk, please. And Joey goes to pour it, and there are two holes. One on one side and one on the other. And she's like, you're missing, you're missing. Danny's like, don't worry, I got this. He goes to get up to get a paper towel, and of course, the tablecloth has been tucked into his pants. Mind you, Rusty was sitting right next to Danny. I don't know about you guys, but if somebody were trying to put something in my waistband, you would, I would feel that. You would feel that. I mean, I could stick my finger in my waistband right now and I'm feeling it. But unless Danny was so preoccupied with his monkey cigar joke conversation with Cindy that he just didn't notice it. But he immediately turns to Joey because he's a jokester in the house none of them would have thought to look at Rusty and none of the other kids are even anywhere near Danny but Joey just looked mouth agape like I have never put anything down his pants Danny and everybody just glowers at Joey like yeah right He's like, okay, once. At the Sizzler. (sighs) Mind you, if Rusty were any, if he really wanted to play it up because no one suspects him because they just met him and they don't know anything about him. Because he just takes his glass and just sips it because he's expecting that to happen. The whole family is shocked. Jesse, of course, reveals, like, I know you pulled all that those stunts at lunch. If Rusty had played into everyone else's shock like you you put on like a poke you a poker face. You just kinda go with it like you weren't expecting it. Because he just sits there and it's like drinking like calmly where everyone is like Yeah, you're gonna look at him and like well wait a minute, he's acting he's not doesn't look like he's surprised by this. Hmm I just caught something. As Danny gets up, Rusty picks up his cup and begins to drink because he knows that when Danny gets up and starts walking, that tablecloth is going to move with him. None of the other family are holding anything in their hands. You can see as Danny gets up, you can already see it's tucked into his waistband. And nobody even is like, Danny, you got something tucked into your pants there. Well, because his movement is, like, so fast. I'm just shaking his head in surprise. Like, there's no way they can pin this on me. Because how would not even be possible? Joey's sitting the farthest away. He's sitting practically across the room on the other side of the table from Danny. Like, how can you blame him just because he's a jokester? Rusty is sitting right next to Danny. Hello, that'd be the culprit. But oh my gosh, he's got that Cheshire grin. That Ru- he's he's so smug looking. He's like <laughs> I'm looking at Rusty's cup. Is that a giant thing of ice? It's as long as the cup. I mean, he is grinning maniacally. <laughs> and if anyone else would Turn their attention They would see It's like okay yeah Alright I'm gonna move on from this Cut up to DJ and Stephanie's room DJ is wearing What is clearly like An XL woman's shirt It's a Billowy canary yellow It's just like Get her some form fitting clothes Why does she gotta have something that's So big on her Of course, Stephanie's wearing a fuchsia-colored pink top that's uh, buttons running up and down the sides with purple fuchsia skirt and then, of course, like, some legging shorts. DJ's like, oh, wow, my dad really likes your mom, or they really like each other. Rusty's reaction, yeah. So, you girls want some gum? Like, he... (laughs) You girls want to go and they're like oh yeah sure And Stephanie's like wow all those accidents at lunch were really weird today And Rusty right away it's like he can't keep this contained He is just bubbling over with excitement to reveal that that's all him Those weren't accidents Like the salt, the milk, the tablecloth, a gum <laughs> All compliments of the Rust Man He even gives himself a title Esther of disaster, you little troll child. Ivy. And Diesel's like, you mean you did all those mean horrible sh-? and she stops like did he say gum And of so, they he said gum? And they run over to the mirror on the closet door. See their teeth are just black. Like that of course that's gotta be trick gum you pick up in like a joke shop or Spencer's or wherever. And they're like ah! It's like, stuff washes off. Just go gargle with some water. Rusty, of course, is all like, you girls better start flossing. I thought Stephanie was gonna jump him. She's like, what is your problem, kid? As she's like, using Kleenex. You're gonna just go to the bathroom and rinse your mouth out with a rinse cup. Throw in some mouthwash. I mean, I don't know. Maybe that stuff's like 24 hours and it takes that to, uh, Get this stuff off. Rusty's philosophy is, if you fell for it, you deserve it. Of course, Stephanie's like, well, my philosophy is, I'm telling. And of course, DJ's like, look, Steph, dad really likes Cindy. Let's not ruin this for him, okay? Let's just put up with Rusty and just deal with, oh, my God, this kid like Cindy will be back any minute, so let's just try to be nice to the little rat. Stephanie walks over to Rusty, says, "Want any cheese?" <laughs> and you just see her blackened teeth, like. <laughs> so yeah, this kid is just gonna go from room to room, tormenting everybody. See, that's the thing about Rusty; he gives himself away too quick. He is just so excited to just pop the top off the reveal, like, "Oh, it was me!" Like I would have sat on that. And let them come to their own conclusions eventually. so proud of these antics that he's doing. Like, what are you hoping they'll do? Like, laugh along with you? Oh, Rusty, you're so, ha <laughs> ha, you really got us, didn't you? Ha
0: <laughs> Boy, your mom and my dad really like each other. Yeah. See you. Girls want some gum? Sure. Thanks. Thanks. <laughs> All those accidents at lunch were really weird today. Oh, those were an accidents. The salt, the milk, the tablecloth, the gum. All compliments of the Rust Man. Master of disaster. You mean you did all those mean, horrible... Did he say gum? He said gum. Ah! <laughs> you girls better start flossing. <laughs> what is your problem, kid? No problem. My philosophy is, if you fall for it, you deserve it. I would've just shoved him back. Well, my philosophy is, I'm telling. Steph, wait. Dad really likes Cindy, and she'll be back any minute. So let's just try to be nice to the little rat. Okay. Want some cheese?
3: Yeah, just... When Rusty, like gets right in Stephanie's face because he's like an inch or so taller than she is, like my philosophy is putting his hands over his heart. If you fell for it, you deserve it. And Stephanie's like, well, my philosophy is that I'm telling, of course, if I were seven, I mean, if this kid is like an inch from her face. I would have honestly, if that were me, I would have just shoved him back against that toy box right there. Get out of my face. You're in my personal space, buddy. Of course, Danny comes in, says Cindy's going to be stuck at the store the whole day because Julio had to go home because he had low blood sugar. He needed to eat something because that's her only employee. No, I'm going to say that Julio had to go home because his wife went into labor. And he's like, I got to get there. My wife is having a baby. That's okay, Julio. You take care of your wife. I will watch the store. And she wants Danny to put Rusty in a taxi. Oh my god! (laughs) Can you imagine putting that kid into a taxi? Like, oh, send him to like Cindy's dry cleaners. We don't know her last name. I'm just now thinking about his name. What? His name is Rusty. That's gotta be short for something. I don't think she like popped out this kid and said, looked at him and said Honey, I think we should call him Rusty. He looks like a Rusty. No, that's a nickname. I'm sure his full name is like Russell or something. I can just see, like, Danny putting that kid in a cab. Like, and saying, go to Hamilton Dry Cleaning. I just say their last name is Hamilton. Because we don't know what their last name is. It's never revealed. And, of course, Rusty, like, takes over with the driver. Says, look, I got 50 bucks in my pocket. Okay, I stole it from Danny's wallet um, uh, Mr. Tanner's wallet and um, I want to go to the Hard Rock Cafe and this kid played pranks on people he doesn't even know these he just met them that day I wouldn't be surprised if he took he would be capable of taking that taxi driver hostage and saying we're going to Toys R Us because Toys R Us ex- still existed in 1990 we're going to the movies of course, DJ and Stephanie are like, oh, oh, he's gotta go already, but we're just getting to know him. Of course, Danny's like, yo, I, I told Cindy we couldn't do it, though. And Stephanie's like, oh, is it the money? Take it out of my piggy bank. DJ's like, well, take it out of my college fund. What does she have wrapped up in, DJ's got a braid. And she's got like, is that like flowers? Like little bed baby flowers? Like wrapped in her braid? I don't know what maybe it's like a part, it looks like jean material I can't tell. I love how he's speaking for the whole family when he tells Cindy we really want Rusty to hang out here with us. I love how, cause Danny is also sitting next to Rusty on Stephanie's toy box And how Rusty is just grinning from ear to ear like, (laughs) you girls thought you were getting rid of me? Good luck, because your dad wants me to stay. And you've seen what I can do based on what happened at lunch and what happened with your teeth. And you just know I got plans for your dad, and they aren't good. Danny with his sports. I tell you, he's got that football. He's like, hey, Rusty, let's go play some football, huh? Like, Mr. Tanner I told you I'm not into sports Then I'll fake it for a bit If I can get something out of it <laughs> He gets up and says Sounds like fun Mr. Tanner And then he turns to the girls And says I'll be back Like, <laughs> Say goodbye to your dad By the way <laughs> Hackle him and push him down the stairs <laughs> My violent thoughts are coming out about Rusty He brings that out of me Is what he does He brings it out of me See that? Then you could actually spank your kid and not have CPS called on you. No, you can't even look at your kids funny and glare at them without, like, I'm going to call CPS. <laughs> yeah, it's like, personally, like, I'll be back. And it's almost like, you thought this was over? <laughs> no, it's only just begun. I have the rest of your family to go after.
2: Rusty, your mom just called. She's going to be stuck at the store for the rest of the day, and she wanted me to put you in a cab and send you down there. Aww. you But I told her we couldn't do it.
0: Is it the money? I'll chip in for cab fare. Take it out of my college fund.
2: <laughs> no. That's very generous, girls. But I told Cindy we really want Rusty to hang out here with us. Right, girls?
3: Uh, yeah, yeah. I knew
1: you'd feel that
2: way. <laughs> Come on, Rusty. What do you say we go out in the backyard and play some football?
3: Sounds like fun, Mr. Tanner. Yeah, she wants a son so bad. I'll be back. Go yeah, so downstairs. <laughs> All right, now we're moving out into the backyard with Danny and Rusty, who's tossing the football up and down. Like, hey, there's nothing to, like tossing the old pigskin around to get that male bonding going. <laughs> So, of course, they have to pick whose player they're they're going to pretend to be. Or which player they're going to pretend to be. Of course, Danny picks Joe Montana and tells Rusty he can be Jerry Rice. This kid knows how to suck up to a person when he wants to. Especially when it comes to... But honestly, this is all his manipulation. Like, oh, let me get good in with this guy and then he's going to fall for the trick that I play on him because he thinks I like him. He's like, well, can I be Joe Montana, Mr. Tanner? He's always been my idol until I met you. And, of course, <laughs> Danny's like, oh Russ, that's so sweet. <laughs> sure. Danny just so blinded by the fact that, I mean, you guys, come on, we all know that he really, I mean, you Saw how he was with Cousin Steve in season one. This guy wants a son. Not that he doesn't love his three daughters, but come on, this is. Yeah. Of course, Danny hikes the ball, bends over, hikes it through the back of the legs to Rusty, who is going to throw it. Like, go long, Mr. Tanner, go long! And of course, off screen, we hear Danny go, wow! Like, he fell in a giant mud pit. Honestly, I, I've been thinking about this for days. I think they got a septic issue. They need to call someone in to look at their septic tank. Because with, like, however many people they got living in that house right now, Jesse, Joey, Danny, there's six people... You th- I mean, I'm sure they got more than one toilet in that house, but still, I mean, sh- yeah, right, a mud puddle just magically formed. And the fact that it's so huge when Danny comes up, he is, like, head to toe, covered in muck. He looks like the Swamp Thing. But I'm gonna go with the fact that he fell in a hole that was created by his septic tank issues. So he's covered in feces. So, he's like, go deep, Mr. Tanner! And, of course, Danny's like, I'm open, Joe, because of, you know, Joe Montana. And the kid, Danny's going back, straight back. Rusty looks like he's going to throw it, but he th- he takes a change direction and just ends up launching the opposite way. Like, Yee! launching it to, uh, my left. And, yeah he must have saw that There's like, Oh, this will work out great. How long large is their backyard? I want to know. We only see one section of it ever. We never see... I mean, and these houses are so close together. Yeah. You're not going to have a large yard. I remember on the show American Dreams where they had a small, you know, kind of like this. The houses are all kind of smushed together and everything. So, they had to play football in the street. Granted, that was back in, like, 1963, and this is 1990, but still. Another example, prime example, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Houses, again, California, right next, they're, like, smushed up against each other. The yards are small. So, the neighbor boy, it's like, hey, I'm gonna go, and he, you think... Trying to play football in a, a yard is hard. Try baseball. Because this kid is like, well, I'm going to just, like, pound a few. Of course, what happens? He hits the ball. Boom! Goes right through the attic window. And, of course, creates just a slew of issues. If you've seen Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, which is now 30 years old. If you haven't seen it, I believe it's on Disney+. Plus. Go check it out. I do plan to get to it for the podcast. I started it, like, last, like, late summer, fall. <laughs> I'll get to it. So, but, uh, yeah. Just yards, just, the house is so close. But you can't, you go to a park, you play sports there. You don't play it in your backyard. Definitely not baseball. Real quick, a little mishap. Um, second grade, my teacher would play, you know, football with the kids. Mind you, the kids are all, like, eight years old, eight, nine years old. And I'm on the playground, so I didn't see this happen. But I'm guessing my teacher, like, had someone hold the football like a classmate. And my teacher went to kick the football. And because all of a sudden I see my teacher carrying my classmate and blood is just pouring down his face. Clearly he accidentally kicked the kid in the face. Oh, it's such a horrific sight. I mean, my God. Granted, that was also in like 1989, 1990, So, but that's my football story. <laughs> also, the kid get, get kicked in the face with the football it happened to be my crush at the time too. So, I was extra worried. Oh, here, off screen, Danny go! Oh, splash! Of course, first he's like, oh, watch out for that mud puddle. Yeah, like you weren't purposely sending it in that direction. Of course he was. Because when he holds the ball and he's getting ready to throw, his eyes kind of dart sideways it's like, oh, what's that over there? Oh, I'm going to aim over there. Boom! Dive, 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 Mr. Tanner! Wow! I'm going to play this clip. You
2: know there's nothing like throwing around the old pig skin to get that guy-to-guy bonding thing going okay i'll be joe montana you'll be jerry rice
0: can i be joe montana mr Tanner? he's always been my idol before i met you (laughs) Uh okay on two ready set hot one hot two go deep mr tanner i'm open joe here it comes you can get him mr tanner run run dive dive whoa (laughs) watch out for
3: yeah, right, Okay, if you were there, you troll. Oh my god, he looks like he's covered in excrement, in feces. Too
0: bad, I almost had it.
3: Covered in
2: diarrhea. You no know, mud tastes worse than it looks. That's not mud. You mind if I hit the showers
3: a little early?
0: Good idea, Mr. Tanner. I'll get to know the rest of your family. Beautiful.
3: Oh, god. No. oh Danny comes up, yes, he is covered it. In- Honestly, it's supposed to be mud. I say it's, like, excrement, like, diarrhea, Extra, Anyway, um, what it looks like is, like, brown clay. This was clay or something that they just wet and just covered him in. That must have just been, I can't imagine Bob saying it, like, oh, gosh, you're going to take me forever, clean. My, I mean, he's wearing clothes. It's not like he's not wearing clothes. He's got to get it from every orifice of his body. But even still, it's in his hair. It's probably under his fingernails. Ugh. I mean, if you ever got, like, gunk or whatever under your fingernails, I mean, if you're like me, that would just drive me insane. Like, I got to get it. I got to get it clean. My fingernails. Which, my fingernails are like nubs. There's nothing there. He's like, you know, mud tastes worse than it looks. You mind if I hit the showers early? And Rosie's like, yeah, sure. I mean, I'll uh, get to know the rest of your family. Because, of course, he hasn't tormented slash harassed Jesse and Becky or Joey or Michelle yet. Which, Michelle is a little different. I mean, she's four. I mean, what is he going to do? I mean, she's a... I'm not even... She's not a baby. She's not even... Uh, What is the age of toddler? Like 2T up to 4T? I'm just going based on like when I worked at uh, Goodwill in the clothes size. I don't know. So what is it like Todd. I think toddler is like anywhere from age like 2 to 4 and then by 5 you're not a toddler anymore. So alright he's going to go torment other people in the house. He's going to get every single person in that house. His beef really should only be with Danny, which really he doesn't need to have a beef. But then again, I didn't exactly handle my dad dating well. I didn't, uh, pull pranks on anybody. I mean, Rusty's 10. I was 17 when my dad started dating Pam. But I, I didn't make her laugh at all. I just was not very nice to her. And it's not fair because she is such a sweetheart of a, a lady. And I really regret how I treated her. Alright, let's go to the next victims of Rusty. Alright, so basically, as we're. This honestly is plot B with Jesse and Becky trying to come up with a place. Excuse me. To get married. Which, like I said, Becky grew up in Nebraska. She's got ties there, she's got family there. Makes sense. But Jesse's reasoning for going to Graceland, having a wedding in Graceland, which Graceland is a place. It's not, it's not a city, I didn't think. Alright, yeah, it's, this is so beautiful. Oh, and the ba- the lighting and everything, just this, the college, I'm just looking at the Graceland home of Elvis Presley. This is gorgeous. I mean, let's see. Um wow, 2020 ticket options. You guys want to go to Graceland? We got Graceland starts at 42.50. We got Elvis Experience tour at 63 even. We got Elvis entourage VIP starts at 102.50. And of course, if you want the ultimate VIP tour, which of course I'm sure that Jesse would love that, starts at 180 bucks, guys. So, yeah. Includes Graceland Mansion Tour on Expert Guide. Oh, on Expert Guide for each small group of up to 12 guests. Self-guided tour of Elvis Custom Jets. New full access to Elvis Presley's Memphis Entertainment Complex, including Presley Motors Automotive Museum, Elvis Entertainer Career Museum. Self-guided tours. Ooh. Ooh. Oh, what's a, a meal voucher at Vernon Smokehouse? Exclusive photo opportunity, personal Graceland archive show and tell session, keepsake backstage pass. If you have kids that are 200, they get in free. Average tour time, four hours to complete once including meal. Wow. All right. I'm not going to do that, but I know that that's right up Jesse Sally. I'm pretty sure that you can't get married there. But he's, he's putting down where she grew up, and it's like if someone did that to me, I'd really be like okay, I really need to question why I'm marrying you, because anyone that's gonna put down where you grew up, I mean it's one thing to like, diss your own town like, oh, I can't I'm remember going back there, oh my gosh, it was so horrible someone else comes along and starts dissing your town, hackles raised, you're gonna fight it's different when it's your fiancé It's like, fine, you don't want to have it there, I get it, even though it would mean a lot to me, but his argument of, I want to have it in Graceland, he's like, oh, you want to have a formal wedding, some boring 4-H exhibit. Like, you want to have a boring formal wedding at a 4-H club in Nebraska. She calls Jesse's wedding dream, oh, you want some, some tacky rockabilly sock hop. Graceland, the world's largest souvenir stand. I like Jesse's, or I, li- no, <clears throat> excuse me, I like Becky's argument, because what he wants doesn't make any sense. You can go to Graceland any freaking time, Jesse, anytime. Why does it have to be your wedding there? And the only thing with having her wedding in Nebraska is you'd be flying a bunch of family members out to Nebraska, which for a wedding, sure, It'd probably be cheaper to fly some of her family in than it would be to get uh I mean but Joey is gonna come up with the ultimate which doesn't even cross their minds till he brings it up. Of course the wedding song he wants them to dance to is Jailhouse Rock, which in the wedding episode you did he's like, Well she wanted a soft ballad, I want jailhouse rock, so we're gonna compromise and he's gonna he was singing jailhouse rock as a soft ballad. Which sounds different when you listen to the lyrics. It's like the song takes on a whole new meaning. I mean, when you're listening to a song and you're like popping and bopping and just having a good old time, you're not thinking of the lyrics. You're thinking of the sound behind it and everything. Listen to some of these. Okay. The warden threw a party in the county jail. The prison band was there and they began to wail. The band was jumping and the joint began to swing. You should have heard them knocked out Jailbird sing. And then, of course, the chorus. Spider Murphy played the tenor saxophone. Little Joe was blowing on the slide trombone. The drummer boy from Illinois went crash, boom, bang. The whole rhythm section was a purple gang. Okay, uh, number 47 said to number three, you're the cutest Jailbird I ever did see. Okay, so is this a... Um, men and women, like, co-ed, jail, or is this, like, whatever. You're the cutest jailbird I ever did see. I sure would be delighted with your company. Okay, see, when you're listening, when I'm listening to this song, some of these lyrics just fly by and I don't even really hear the lyrics as much as the melody is what I'm rocking out to. Sad sack was sitting on a block of stone, way over in the corner, weeping all alone. The warden said, hey, buddy, don't you be no square. If you can't find a partner, use a wooden chair. Sh- all these all these different characters in this prison. They all got a little uh, shifty. Henry said to Bugs, okay, is this in the song? For heaven's sake, no one's looking. Now's our chance to make a break. Okay, wow. This goes into... What? Bugs, Bugsy turned to shifty and... He said, nix, nix, I want to stick around a while and get my kicks. And that's pretty much the song. i also have to listen to that again, because I don't remember this whole shifty Henry said to Bugs, no one's looking, now's their chance to make a break. And Bugsy turned to shifty, blah, 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 blah. Like, okay, so while, yeah, of course, everyone's singing and jumping, and some people want to try to make a break for it and, like, leave, because everyone's distracted by all the music and everything. I could see... People taking advantage of that opportunity to cut and run. Like, I'm I'm getting out. I'm escaping. Becky is just horrified at Jesse wanting this jailhouse rock song to be the song they dance to. You want the first words that we danced to as man and wife to be the warden through a party in the county jail? The song that Jeremy and I danced to was very romantic. We had... Phil Collins, a groovy kind of love. When I'm feeling blue, all I have to do is take a look at you. Then I'm not so blue. When you're close to me, I can feel your heartbeat. I can hear you breathing in my ear. Wouldn't you agree, baby, you and me got a groovy kind of love? Anytime you want to, you can turn me on to anything you want to, anytime at all. When I kiss your lips, ooh, I start to shiver. Can't control the quivering inside. When you agree, baby, you and me get a groovy kind of love. So, yeah. When This last part is just absolutely beautiful. When I'm feeling blue, all I have to do is take a look at you, and then I'm not so blue. When I'm in your arms, nothing seems to matter... My whole world could shatter. I don't care. It's just, it's so, it's so beautiful. Just the words and just the feeling and just what you're saying about your partner, your relationship, and how much you love each other. It's just like, as long as we have each other, the whole world can just burn around us and we'll be fine because we have each other to hold on to. I know that's a weird sentiment. The whole world can burn down around us. But anyway, let's get back to the episode. I'm sorry. I know like I wasted your time with this. But they're talking about wedding songs and wedding traditions and everything like that. He's like, people will choke on their chicken. Jesse's like, he gets, because he's been sitting on his little Lazy Susan contraption thing. Or, I don't know, maybe sitting on a... Uh, table or whatever in his room um he's like oh you don't serve the chicken to wait after the wedding dance i think it i'm trying to remember usually i think how it goes just depends some people have the first dance and all that before the food some people have it after at my wedding we had it after like people have been sitting there going through the ceremony i think and then also waiting for you to take pictures. They wanna eat. They wanna eat. Like we've been waiting for over an hour. We're home. Jeremy and actually went and I had went to a wedding and there's a while between the reception. Did we even go to that reception? Yes, we did, because my dad was there. Um But we actually stopped at a restaurant because there was like at least an hour or so Amount of time between the wedding being over and the reception taking place. It's like, we need to eat. So Becky's just getting frustrated. Like, ah, that's ridiculous. All we do is argue. She stops when she realizes they both said chicken. So it's like, alright, we're getting kind of on the same page here. It's like, yes, we're building up a, a foundation and just... Uh, it works out. Like, okay. And they start making out. And of course, that's when Rusty pokes his little head in. Doesn't even knock. Just like, hey, Tongue Town. He says Tongue Town USA. Like, dude. Well, we finally agree on something. He's like, yes, this is a start. A foundation. We're building. like, oh, yeah. Oh, she says we have a foundation to build our lives. Well, I, I, I mean, you agreed on one thing. I mean, Every good, you know, relationship and marriage, you're going to argue. I mean, if you d- always agree on stuff, like, it's going to get kind of stale after a while? It's like you both have different interests and stuff. You're going to kind of, I wouldn't say come to blows, but you're going to have your differences and stuff that, and disagreements. Look at me. I mean, I like Diet Coke. Jeremy likes Diet Coke, but he drinks Diet Mountain Dew. So he's more in the Pepsi Mountain Dew camp, and I'm in the Diet Coke camp, which I have been doing my best to cut back. Um, but yeah, that's just, that's kind of funny. <laughs> he likes action movies. I like drama and comedy. We both like comedy, so that's our, uh, that's what we agree on. Either if it's really into horror, though. It's a chicken, and she opens her arms, and he's like, come here, and they hug, and they kiss. It's just lips to lips. There's no open mouth. Of course, Rusty, like I said, doesn't knock, opens the door. And he's like, ooh, Town Town, USA. This kid has always got a smirk on his face. But Jesse and Becky break from the kiss like, oh my goodness, this kid. And their only interaction they had with this kid was at lunch. Jesse turns to Rusty like, are you supposed to be playing with Danny? And of course, Rusty's like, well, this is where the action is. He's like, hey, look, don't touch my hair stuff. Because he's got his combs all laid out. He's got all of his hair accoutrements, as he calls it. Maybe conditioning and other types of liquid stuff that goes into his hair. Moose and all that. Hoopla. He grabs Rusty like he's Michelle's age and lifts him up and puts him... On the desk Like sit here and don't touch anything It's like he is ten years old Could have just as easily Opened the door and said can you Please Thank you and shut the door in his face But Jesse of course Knows what it's like to be a young Ten year old boy he knows what it means To get in trouble and all that stuff So he admits that He's wise to Rusty and he knows That he pulled all those pranks at lunch of course, Jesse wasn't going to break in, and, or he wasn't just going to, like, jump in there and say, I know it was you, Rusty, because, of course, you know, Danny really likes Cindy, and he just met this kid, so he doesn't want to point blank say, this kid's a brat. I mean, that's why it's like, oh, we're using Joey as a scapegoat. I like how... <laughs> He's like, don't touch anything, and points a finger in Rusty's face. And Rusty's like, well, I'm touching the dresser. (laughs) Jesse's like, I'm touching the dresser. Oh, you kid. The way that he looks, he's got his hands outstretched like he wants to strangle Rusty, which he brings it out in everybody. And the girls hate him. Jesse is just, oh, this kid. He knows how to hit everyone's nerve. Rusty does everyone's nerve. Why is everyone wearing clothes that are so flowy and billowy and just look like a size or two too big on their bodies? I mean, Becky, DJ, D- Jesse, both Jesse and DJ had their shirt sleeves rolled way, way up. It's like, I'm happy wise guy. I know you pulled all those stunts at lunch, but since Danny likes your mother so much, I'm willing to let it slide. So, at the risk of ruining a relationship that's only been going solid for two weeks. Well, I mean, at the end of the day, it is Danny's house and everything like that. But still, it's like, no, this kid needs to be held accountable for his actions. And I'm sure he will be. Tells Rusty to respect people and their property. And, of course, says, "What?" this line is probably just under have mercy. Because he does say it a lot. He says, "Capiche." Of course, Rusty's like, capiche. It's like, thanks for setting me straight, Mr. Kasabalus. You're tough, but you're fair. I'm not, no, I'm not buying this all. I'm fine, don't worry, I learned my lesson. I'll never do it again, act. This kid is just... He pats Rusty on the head like he's patting a dog. There, good boy. No, be on your way. And of course, after Rusty leaves and shuts the door... Jesse's like, see, that's how you handle kids. Bada-bing, bada-boom, you know? You lay down the wall, they respect you for it. He goes to open the door, and all of a sudden it's like... "Eh, eh, eh, eh." The door, it's... Why isn't it opening? Well, we come out to the hallway, because we see why it's not opening. Because there's a jump rope on the door, connected to another jump rope, that's connected to DJ and Stephanie's room, and they can't get out either. If someone had a... I mean, not so much a problem with being enclosed in a in a room, but the idea that they can't get out of a room, that would stress anybody out. I honestly think if that were me in that situation, probably my first reaction would be to panic, because that's just what I do. <laughs> and then... Um, No logic would eventually kick in. Like, okay, calm down. It's not a big deal. We can get through this. Just figure out how to open the door. Because that's probably what they had to do. You know, work with the girls. Like, okay, girls, stop pulling on the door. Let me get it. Because he opens it enough that you probably could get. And with Becky there, too, it it should be just fine. But I'm going to play this clip.
4: This is great. You want some stuffy, boring, formal wedding at a 4-H club in Nebraska.
1: Oh,
0: and you want some tacky, rockabilly sock hop at Graceland, the world's largest souvenir stand.
4: She didn't mean it. All right, listen, if there's one thing for sure, when the band plays our wedding song, it has got to be Jailhouse Rock.
0: You want the first words we dance to as husband and wife to be warden through a party in the county jail? (laughs) People will choke on their chicken.
4: Come on, you don't serve the chicken until way after the wedding dance. Oh,
1: this is ridiculous. All we do is argue. Did you say chicken? Yeah, yeah, I did. Me too. We finally agree on something.
4: This is it. This is a start. We're building here. We have
1: a foundation to build our life on.
4: (laughs) Chicken. Becky. (laughs) Becky.
0: Downtown
4: USA! Rusty, aren't you supposed to be playing with Danny?
0: This is where the action is. Hey,
4: hey, hey, don't touch my hair accoutrements, please. Here, sit here and don't touch anything.
0: I'm touching the dresser.
4: I'm touching it. Okay? Listen, I'm hip to you, wise guy. I know you pulled all those stunts at lunch. Since Danny likes your mother so much, I'm letting you slide. From now on, you respect people and their property. Capish?
0: Capiche. Thanks for setting me straight, Mr. Katsopoulos. You're tough, but you're fair.
4: All right. You're a good boy. Have a good day, son. You see that? That's how you gotta handle kids like Rusty. Bada boom, you know what I mean? Give them a little discipline. They're like dogs, they respect you for it. Or they lock in your room.
3: Okay, the wording that Jesse uses is that's how you handle kids with discipline. They're like dogs; they'll respect you more. Like, so you just refer to Rusty as a dog. Okay, so of course you get his smirky, like, sm- this smug smile of his as he's watching both of them. Str- those doors, like, struggle to open. Like, <laughs> and he just—I love that little. That little hop skip he does at the top step as he's walking down, like <laughs> Of course we have another person that he hasn't annoyed, slash tormented, slash terrorized. And that's Joey, who at this time in season four is still living in his basement apartment. And he comes down the stairs, sees Rusty with a handheld camcorder. And Joey's like, hey, Rusty, what brings you down to my neck of the house? And, of course, Rusty, who puts down the camera on Joey's bed, says, oh, I was just admiring your equipment, Mr. Gladstone. See, he's always so formal with them. Like, oh, I'm so nice I'm so respectful. He's not. It, it, this is just an act to get into a person's good graces before he um, wrecks havoc on their lives, takes advantage. So... Joey picks up a TV, um, a tape that's on a TV in the middle of his room. I'm looking behind Rusty at Joey's, just above the bed. There's what looks like windows there, and we got Moe, or Moe, <laughs> the three Stooges here on the Moe, the Curl, the La- the curly thing, <laughs> Larry. Dang it, I can't say their names to save my life, but. It says something. At first I'm like, The Witnesses, what's that? No, it's a book he's reading, The Witnesses. Is that an actual book or is that a fake book? So yeah, Joey pulls this tape off the top of the TV that's just sitting in the middle of his room. He's like, well, I've compiled a tape with some of my best comedic moments. Here, let me give you a display of some of these comedic figures. He's like, I specialize in some pretty darn Obscure um, impressions. I looked up the definition for obscure, and it says not discovered or known about, uncertain, keep from being seen, conceal. So this is his impression of Mr. Woodchuck, who we will later meet in puppet form later on. And he sticks his like hands up, almost with his hands bent down like their paws. Like, hey, Rusty. Let me tell you, that's wild, huh? Isn't that wild, Rusty? And Rusty just looks at him and just glares at him with such like, oh my gosh, I'd be doing the world a favor if I took you out right now. Mm -hmm. Hey, Rusty, is that table made of wood? That's the the whole spiel is the whole wood thing because he's a woodchuck and, you know, woodchucks like to chew on stuff, kind of like beavers. At first glance, Rusty, like, cocks his head to the side. His brows are furrowed. His eyes are narrowed. Like, I don't know what to make of this guy. Of course, Joey's all like, Well, hold on, hold on. Here, I got another one for you. Like, no, just stop. I didn't ask for impressions. I would have, you know what? I, mm, I gotta go to the bathroom. I'll be, I'll be up there. Bye. All right, Rusty, Get this, okay? It's great. It's Bob Hope. And, and then he's like, here's a combination after he'll do Bob Hope and then he'll do Mr. Woodchuck doing an impression of Bob Hope. Okay, hey, I mm, I don't know about Bob Hope. I, mm, I've never been a fan of him. Joey's impressions just make me not want to learn more about Bob Hope. I just, mm, bad taste in my mouth. Joey has, like, got his eyes rolled up to his head. And I'm like, let me tell you, that's wild, Rusty. Is that wild? Like, oh, God. Rusty just, like, shakes his head like, ugh, oh, this guy, I can't. And, and Joey, of course, this is the icing on the cake for Joey. Okay, this is an impression of Mr. Woodchuck doing an impression of Bob Hope. Like, you think this thing is going to be the one that makes Rusty, like, Flat out giggle or laugh, like, oh no, these two didn't get him, but this one will. Does he even know? I'm sure he probably has a reference for Bob Hope. Rusty does because it's 1990. Does Bob Hope do a lot of <laughs> with the head sh- shaking? <laughs> does he does that? Bob Hope does that. Let me check that out. Okay, so I just watched a couple clips of Bob Hope, and I'm just like. Joey isn't even um I don't know <sighs> who is he doing an impression of Bob Hope like in like a skit or something? Cause I looked at Bob Hope in these videos and he doesn't sound or act anything like that with the the eye rolling up to 10, and the head shaking like wow rusty isn't it wild like what the heck that's horrible. And the fact that Rusty hasn't gotten up and just like punched you right in the your man bits is just and just walk up the stairs because I, I would be on the verge of wanting to just like punch you in your man bits and like okay that's done goodbye oh look at that Rusty gives Joey it's like oh my gosh I think I'd be doing a favor if I took this guy out oh. literally looks like he wants to go up to Joey and just slug him right in the stomach. Like, that's for wasting my time with your garbage impressions. I don't even know Bob Hope. I'm like 10. Oh, yeah! After I do these impressions and bore you to death, here, let's watch on my bed these impressions on this tape. He clearly thinks you suck, Joey. Why is he gonna wanna watch A tape filled with your horrible impression. I'm sorry, but I'm just, I'm not, Joey was never funny. Even when I was watching this, I don't know, I don't think I found him funny. I think he's one of those people that thinks he's funny. He's been working on this comedy tape for weeks. And yeah. These are some of my all time funniest moments. Funny to what? You? Rossi just tails like okay, I'm out. Bye. And Joey, of course, is so preoccupied with watching himself do these impressions. It's not enough that he does the impressions, but now he's going to watch himself do impressions. Joey is recording this <laughs> in his basement apartment. <laughs> it's sad. Well we see Joey glad only like, I put some of my funniest moments on this here tape, and all of a sudden it. The tape like goes to like uh, like s- Snowy like, and then Rusty comes up with, "Hey, it's Rusty Vision," and he starts making weird noises and like ah, blah, 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 blah. And he's like ah, blah, blah, blah. doesn't take long for Joey to go Rusty.
5: Hey, Rusty, what brings you down to my neck of the house? I was just admiring your equipment, Mr. Gladstone. I'm putting together a tape of my comedy act. I specialize in some pretty darn obscure impressions. Now, check this out. This one is Mr. Woodchuck. Hey, Rusty. (laughs) Hey, is that table made of wood? (laughs) All right, all right. Check this one out. This one's great. You're going to love it. Bob Hope. Hey, I want to tell you, that's wild though, isn't it, Rusty? Huh? Hey, isn't that something? This is an impression of Mr. Woodchuck doing an impression of Bob Hope. All right, here we go. Hey, that's wild, huh? <laughs> isn't that something, Rusty? Huh? I got plenty of other stuff on this comedy tape. I've been working on it for weeks. This is some of my classic all-time funniest moments. So get ready to watch Joey Gladstone talk to himself. Hi, I'm Joey Gladstone. And, well, i put some of my funniest moments on this here tape.
0: This is Rusty Vision! <laughs> Rusty!
3: Alright, now we're going to go upstairs to the kitchen where DJ and Stephanie are going to groom Comet. They're going to give him a bath. Of course, they gotta throw on that flea powder so that way he doesn't get fleas all over the house. I have never seen this part of this scene before. This is, like, brand new to me. Because Stephanie's like, why do we have to wash Comet? Because he, like, gets water everywhere and he shakes all over. It's so messy when we wash him. And then he takes water everywhere and... DJ just turns to like, "Would you rather play with Rusty?" And he's like, "Come on, come on, best time." Of course, Rusty comes down just as the girls are getting to the door. Hey, girls, I heard you were uh, tied up for a while. Like, <laughs> he brings down a kaleidoscope, which almost looks like he's got like a can of pop in his hand, like one of those like slim cans. So I'm going to play this clip.
0: Comet. It's so messy and he shakes water Would all over. Would you rather him. play with Rusty? <laughs> Comet, bath arm, let's go one <laughs> Hey, girls. I heard you were tied up for a while. <laughs> Anybody want to look at my kaleidoscope? No. We're not falling for any more
3: tricks. Good for you, Stephanie.
0: Excuse us, but we're giving our dog a bath. Care to join him? We have plenty of flea powder. Good one, please. Um. Yeah. Good
3: one. The fact that Stephanie's complaining about having to wash Comet, and I'm just like, would you rather have to suppress his anal, anal glands? Because I hear you gotta do that sometimes when you have dogs, too. Yeah. <laughs> Plus, you want his coat to stay nice and silky, glossy. You gotta wash him for that to happen. Dusty brings down a kaleidoscope, which I said I thought looked like a slim can of pop. And he's like, hey, you want to check out my kaleidoscope? And Stephanie is like, who are you even kidding? As she takes it from him, slams it down on the kitchen table, and says, we're not falling for any more of your tricks. We're giving our dog a bath. And of course, DJ jumps in there with, you care to join him? We have plenty of flea powder. And of course, Stephanie's like, <laughs> good one, Deej. And they go up the side door to the kitchen there, and of course, Rusty's like, yeah, good one, but the Rust man laughs last. So the kid goes in, Rusty goes into the refrigerator and pulls out what is like part of a roast on a plate with just like saran wrap on it, so... This kid couldn't have known what was in the refrigerator. He was just like, Oh, I'm going to get them so good. Let me see what's in here. Ooh, a roast. I'm sure the dog will love that. Michelle sees it, Kate, like, hey, that's our dinner. And Rusty's like, Oh, that's all right. I'm just borrowing it. While he is busy taking the saran wrap off the roast, Michelle picks up the kaleidoscope, and she sees, of course, you know, in a kaleidoscope, all the pretty colors. She's like, oh, pretty! And Rusty is like, oh wait, the kaleidoscope's not for you? I think that he wasn't even gonna try anything with Michelle, because she is so young. And his pranks are just really childish. I mean, Danny falling into a septic tank's mosh pit and mud pit, and then the whole thing with tying the doors together, taping over Joey's horrible comedy bits and giving the gum and all the stuff. I mean, that that's just it's nothing. So I can't even imagine what he... And Michelle has imposed a problem. It just seems like the other girls are easier to antagonate as well as you know, the other adults aside from Danny. But I honestly don't think he was ever going to try anything on Michelle because she's so young. Because the way he reacts like oh wait, the kaleidoscope's not for you! And she pulls it away from her eye, and, of course, on the outer rim of the kaleidoscope was, like, some type of, like, black ink or something. And she's got, like, a Petey from Little Rascals, like, circle around her eye. And he just kind (laughs) of, and she's like, hey, what's so funny? He's like, oh, sorry, kid. Guess I gotta show you. As he takes the toaster, which is clearly already unplugged, And shows her her reflection, and she just mouth dropped. Like, what is this big circle around my eye? And she just looks at him, points, and wags her finger with one of her many catchphrases. You're in big trouble, mister! Of course, Rusty just shrugs it off like, story of my life. Like, he's not heard that a billion times. So I'm going to play this clip. Actually, before I do, he takes the roast, opens the door, holds it out, and says, hey, Comet, dinner, come and get it, boy. And of course the girls are screaming from the yard, no, Comet, no, as Comet runs in. Because apparently that cold roast has an aroma to it. Or he just he's just got the best dog sight in the world. Like, oh, roast, I'm going for it. As he runs in with a little bit of soap on him, some suds, because they must have like just gotten started, and Rusty like takes it like he would a bowling ball at an alley and just like underhand throws it from the kitchen into the living room. Of course, you hear the girls shouting, "Rusty!" All right, now I'll play the clip. Yeah,
0: good one. But the Rust Man laughs. I'm just borrowing it. <laughs> oh, pretty. Uh, hey, that kaleidoscope's not for you. <laughs>
3: <laughs> the audience just laughs at he's like What's so funny?
0: Sorry, kid. Guess I better show you.
3: That kid's even taller by me.
0: Mr. <laughs> Story of my life. Yeah. you better move out of the way.
3: You're gonna get run over by a golden retriever.
0: Come in, come and get a boy! Pot roast! <laughs> Dinner's over! Don't <gone>. even! <laughs> 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 Michelle, what happened to your eye? <laughs> the rest is kaleidoscope. Which way did they go? They went that way. Get them. <laughs>
2: Why is there a soapy dog eating a rump roast on my couch? Take a wild guess. Rusty! Rusty. (laughs) That kid is bad news. Shell, did Rusty do that to your eye? He didn't punch her
0: in the face. Dang, Danny, chill. That doesn't
2: sound like little Rusty.
0: Wipe it off. Dad, wake up. (laughs) He's the devil boy.
3: Yes.
0: (laughs) I, I can't believe
2: he did this. (laughs)
3: <laughs> Have you looked at your
1: hair? <laughs> yeah.
4: Danny, yeah, just uh, in curiosity was uh, a little rusty in the bathroom before you took a shower. Yeah, why do you ask?
3: Look at your hair.
2: Rusty? Yeah. <laughs> well, my
0: work here is done. It's been a blast, Tanner. Oh, but you.
2: Just uh, yes, he's mine. Yes. I'll handle this, everybody.
3: Fuck him, Dano. <laughs> I gotta say, when Stephanie and DJ come in, and they see Michelle's face like, oh, what happened to your eye, Michelle? Did Rusty do that? And even when Danny's like, did Rusty do that to your eye? They make it, they act like he, like, slugged her in the eye. A four-year-old. It's just black smudge. It will wipe off. Literally make it look like she's i it's black smudge it's just like clown makeup but they act like he like literally like punched her in the eye and she's got like black and blue greenish marks or circle around her eye like he didn't do any damage to her And when Rusty takes the roast, he goes just, his hand is like, with the roast in it, it's just inside the door frame from the kitchen into the backyard. It's not even visibly within sight of Comet, who's like, running for the best thing he'll probably ever taste in his life. The aroma, I guess, is just so strong from that roast beef that he's just, he's gotta have it. And Comet, when he comes in, he is just covered in suds. His fur is not even wet. But you see Stephanie and DJ coming, and their hands are like filled with like soapy like suds, like you'd see at like a car wash, like the really soapy, soapy kind. Well, he chucks it into the living room, but he, like, jumps out of the way just as Comet's barreling through the doorway. Like, oh, wait, I want to get run over by the, by the dog. <laughs> might mistake me for that pot roast. Now, Stephanie notices, like, oh, Michelle, what happened to your eye? And she's like, it's Rusty's kaleidoscope. What in the world is that thing... It's supposed to be a kaleidoscope, but it just looks like a piece of rounded cardboard. It looks like a tunnel, little cardboard tunnel for a hamster to go through. Like, you went that away, get him! As DJ and Stephanie continue running. And they're screaming Rusty's name. He's not even in the living room. Of course, Danny and Jesse and Becky all come downstairs as well. Danny is running down the stairs in slippers, mind you. No hand on the railing. His hands are on the <laughs> green towel that is... Which is funny because he's also wearing a green bathrobe as well. He's got his hands covering, like, holding the towel, like, pretending like he's, like, drying his hair. I don't know anybody who could run down a set of stairs in slippers, mind you. The ones that... Just, you slip onto your feet. They don't cover your whole foot and they're basically leather. I've never, could never imagine anybody trying to run downstairs in slippers and not end up, like, falling down the stairs and really hurting yourself. Like, breaking something. Like, that is so dangerous. Of course, Danny's first reaction is seeing Comet with the roast and he's on the couch like why is there a soapy dog on my couch eating a roast oh he calls it a rump roast but that comment just like okay i'm out of here with the roast this will be my dinner way much better than dog food and of course dj's like take a wild guess and all together they all say except for danny because joey's also there too rusty but Michelle, like, knows that even from that interaction. That kid is bad news. So, it seems like Michelle has to clarify, like, when somebody said, what happened to your eye? And now Danny's like, oh, did Rusty do that to your eye? She's like, with his uh, his kaleidoscope, which he's holding. Emphasis he, he didn't, like, punch me in the eye. It's just the, see the kaleidoscope? See my thumb, which is right around the rim of it? It's all black. Yeah. <coughs> Danny, wake up. He's like, oh, that doesn't sound like Little Rusty. He made you fall into a septic tank mud hole. And Stephanie's like, dad, wake up. He's the devil boy. Like, if the good son had come out in 1990 instead of 1993. Yeah. I mean, Problem Child had come out at the end of July. You could easily say, well, he's that kid from Problem Child. Boom. Because This Full House episode came out in like late November. And I could think like Macaulay Culkin from Home Alone, but I don't want to say that just because Kevin McAllister was defending his home against burglars, against adults who wished to do him harm because he wouldn't let them rob his house. He was protecting himself and his house. Junior Healy in Problem Child was irritated because he'd been dumped in an orphanage 30 times by 30 different foster parents that took him home and couldn't relate to this kid in any way. Like, oh, you're such a problem child. You fed the cat, like, dish soap? Oh, you're going back to the orphanage. Oh, you bulldozed my trailer? You're going back to the orphanage. Oh, you peed in my face when you were an infant? You're going to the orphanage. (laughs) Yeah. And even with the good son, I mean, Macaulay Culkin's character there was just like, well, I can be the only son. I can be the only child. I don't know what that kid's motivation was. But honestly, if his cousin had Mark, played by Elijah Wood, hadn't come to visit that family and point out all the bad stuff this kid was doing, even though the parents didn't believe him, he would have killed every single one of them. I mean, he'd already... Okay, if you... Not seen the Good Son, and you want to see it. It's been out for. It'll be like thirty years, three years from now. So if you want to see the movie, and you don't want to know the whole about. He killed his baby brother in the bathtub. Boom! There you go. I don't know. Rusty's motivation is, I don't like the fact that my parents got divorced. I'm going to ruin every single relationship that she tries to have with somebody. Because I... It's just... There's so many... So many children in divorce out there. So many. Even around this time. Divorce was at an all-time high in the 80s. I never went to the links that Rusty went to just because my dad started dating. I honestly... If we look into Rusty's backstory, there's more to it. I've been thinking about this for like a week or more about this episode when I that's what I do when I'm at my job. I think about podcast episodes and stuff like, oh I should say this or oh I should And I'm just thinking there's more to it. I honestly think. This is what I think. I think I'm gonna not dark dark, but um I think Rusty's dad cheated on his mom. I think they separated. I mean, that's the only explanation I could see for them getting divorced. The only other thing, which I think is really naughty, I don't, I don't really think the fact that she's so, wit, you know, busy with her job and just doesn't have time for her husband that they divorce or. They're fighting over money or this or that. People get divorced for all sorts of reasons. But I just get the impression that, I mean, that's what I'm going to go with infidelity. I really think that that's what happened. Rusty's dad got with a secretary or somebody, moved out, started a whole new family, and Rusty can't handle that. That is the story I'm going with. So... This is how he's acting out. This is how he's dealing with it. They really should take him to a, you know, a, a counselor or therapist. Somebody to work through these issues that he's feeling. It's not fair to his mother. It's not fair to the, the guys or, or the tanners. Like, we didn't divorce your mom. That's your, di- you need to have a conversation with your father. Because what you're taking out on your mom is not fair to her. Danny's like, I can't believe he did this. And he's not talking about what's underneath the towel because he says it just as he's taking the towel and putting it around his shoulders. And everyone, of course, is surprised to see Danny has green hair to match his green robe. It looks like the type of spray that you would use like around Halloween. You know how they have those little cans of like spray colorful, like blue, red, green, yellow, orange, purple. I love Joey's got that little, like, kind of like how his corner of his mouth kind of tips up in kind of like a smirk, like, <laughs> like, oh, that's creative. <laughs> DJ's like, whoa, and she just looks to Stephanie, like, oh, <laughs> cool. <laughs> oh, dad's gonna lose it. Oh, just wait till he sees his reflection in the mirror above the fireplace. Of course, Jesse is the one that kind of jumps is like, okay, I got it. We gotta stop staring at it, because he does Danny's- does not know. Like, oh, uh, Danny, just <laughs> a wild guess. What's all Rusty up there in the bathroom before you took a shower? And Danny's like, yeah, why? And he's like, oh, well, why don't you go take a look at your reflection over there? Danny looks at his hair and he's like, Rusty! Of course, Rusty waltzes struts right in there. And he's like, well, my work here is done. It's been a blast, Tanners. And I'm like, oh, no, young man. Uh, You are not going anywhere. And Jesse is all like, oh, wait a minute. Come here, you. And, of course, Danny's like, oh, no, 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 Jess. He's mine. And, of course, Joey's like, book him, Dano. And, of course, Michelle's like, be careful, Daddy. He's very tricky. Where has Rusty been this whole time? He just waltzes into the living room. So has he been hanging out in the backyard? He was like, oh, I'm just going to go catch a cab down to my mom's, like, laundry mat or dry cleaner and hang out there. It's like, you're not getting away with this. You think your mom isn't going to find out? She's going to find out. Danny says, I will handle this, everybody. Of course, the family decides to, like, okay, let's just uh, let Danny have this moment to straighten this kid up. And Russie is standing on the doorstep looking at Danny like, oh, boy. He honestly does not look worried at all. Like, he's going to get a major tongue lashing and a lecture Like, I've already terrorized your family. What exactly can you do to me, Mr. Tanner? It's almost like Rusty feels I'm the one holding all the cards in this scenario. So the worst that you can do is tell my mother on me. Which is no surprise because I've done this to other people in the past. Danny points a finger in Rusty's direction and says, Pranks are one thing, but when you mess with a man's shampoo, you're messing with a man. Rusty just like rolls his eyes. He's got no respect for Danny or anyone there. Like he washes right out, and he just like brushes past Danny. Like that's what that's all you have. That's all you have, really. Danny is just such a. Are you serious, Danny? Really? I don't get you, Rusty. I really wanted to be your friend, and Rusty just looks at him like, huh. really. No, you don't want to be my friend. You want to be my mom's friend. Danny, it just light bulb over his head, like, so that's what this is about. And he, Danny even says, like, look, Rusty, my parents are divorced too. But you can't wreck everyone's, your mother, every relationship that your mother is going to be in. And Rusty is just like, look, I don't, you're wasting your time because one day my mom and dad are getting back together. Oh, okay. Okay. Hold on. Okay. When Rusty says, you don't want to be my friend. You want to be my mom's friend. And Danny says, well, I do like your mother very much. And that's where Rusty jumps in. Like, Rusty's voice, like, octave, like, goes up. Like, you're wasting your time because one day my mom and dad are going to get back together. And it's like, dang, boy. Danny just kind of looks at him like, oh, that's what this is about. What did you think it was about, Danny? That he just didn't like you because of the kind of person that you are? No! You're dating his mom! Nothing you say or do, you could be the nicest guy in the world, but the fact that you're dating his mom and that kid's dealing with the fact that his dad is never going to walk through his door again? Yeah! Nothing you can say or do is going to make him like you. Danny tries to come at this with, look, Russie, I know how you feel. My parents are divorced too. Danny, your parents probably divorced when you were 30 years old. It sucks when parents divorce, but you're not living with your parents. You don't have to deal with being in a custody battle between your parents. I'm not saying Danny's feelings aren't justified, but don't stand there and try to identify with what Rusty's going with going through because you can't. Honestly, i I swear that okay, wait a minute. What Danny's mom in the Granny Tanny episode was living in Seattle. And Danny at the end says, there's nothing keeping you in Seattle. You can move to San Francisco find an apartment. In the pilot episode, Danny is, like, trying to shove his mom out the door. Like, look, it's great you've helped us out here for three months, Mom, but, you know, Dad must miss you. So in the time between season one and season three, granted Claire Tanner changed actresses, but in that span of time, she got divorced. I'm not saying that wasn't painful for Danny, but he's a grown man. So you can't sympathize with a 10-year-old boy he just who had two parents lived in a nice house probably he had to change you know move into an apartment with his mom or something i mean i don't know his situation but the fact that he's now living in a broken home his dad isn't there anymore and i get and danny says you know he it hurts that they're not together well yeah i i get that too yeah a lot, it hurts a lot of kids that their parents aren't together and they can't stay together but i'm even thinking it's like You're causing all this misery on your mom, who is probably very miserable. She's just trying to get out there and, you know, meet people and everything. And it's like, come on, bud. Just, the whole time Danny is saying this, it's not like Rossi's like, oh, wow, he gets it. It hurts that parent, my, you know, my parents aren't together and I'm hurt by it. Danny says you can't try to wreck every relationship that you're, mom tries to make and he's like I don't want to talk about it and like well tough cause you're gonna have to when she comes in the door Danny's well before Rusty's like I don't want to talk about it Danny's like you know that's not fair like fine you won't talk about it with Danny but you're gonna be talking about it with your mom that long car ride home (laughs) just in time look who's gonna walk in the door uh, Danny could have done this one of two ways. He chooses the latter. He could have just blown Rusty's cover and just, like, Rusty did all this stuff. He, You know, hurt my, terrorized my family. You know, I don't want to see you anymore. But he tries to do a, a solid for Rusty as he puts the <laughs> the towel back on his head. And he's like, oh, that must be your mom. I was like, well... I don't know. Is it Kimmy? Kimmy was not even in this episode. She's in the next one. Rusty's like, go on, tell on me. It's like because that's what he expects Danny to do. But Danny's gonna throw him a curveball. He's gonna do him a solid. Like, don't. I'm not even. He doesn't say, I'm not gonna mention this to your mother. He just plays it off. Like, no, Rusty's a good kid. Danny opens the door like, hey, Cindy, how's everything at work? And she just, because when she walks in, mind you, Danny is still in a bathrobe and has a towel covering his hair. So she's like, oh, did you just get out of the shower? Like, like, I just had lunch with you like an hour ago and all of a sudden now you're in a bathrobe in the middle of the afternoon taking a shower? That's concerning. He's like, oh, good. Everything's fine everything's good here? And Danny's like, oh, yeah, I mean, couldn't be better. Rusty's a terrific kid. And Rusty just flabbergasted like, what? Like, I am? Because he's expecting Danny to, like, blow his cover. Danny just looks at Rusty just smiling like, (laughs) like, yeah, we had a great time, right, Rusty? And Rusty's like, yeah, uh, sure. (laughs) Like, he's like, I'm not, he's like, I don't get this guy. (laughs) But, okay, he's saving my butt he's like yeah sure and then he kind of narrows like his eyebrows furrow in confusion like "Uh, (laughs) okay and cindy's like oh wow he was good it's like because she was expecting you know basically what he did She was probably expecting that to happen and that's why she wanted to take him with her when she went because she figured that's probably what he would do he'd start acting up and terrorizing them and he's like, oh, it was wonderful. We did a lot of stuff. Toss the football around. Play with the dog. And, of course, <laughs> Cindy pulls his towel off as he's walking towards Rusty. And she's like, you dyed your hair green? Almost like Cindy now is not really believing. Like, something is up as she pulls the towel away. Like, Rusty's clearly done this to some other guy. She, she does that like you dyed your hair green? He's like, Oh, uh, you know now he's starting to get nervous and he's starting to like uh jabber jaw here. And right, you cut the the camera cuts to Russ, who is was just rolling his eyes, like, oh here we go, now the story's gonna fall apart. He's like, Oh yeah, it's in this new shampoo, it's an Irish formula, you gotta work it in gradually. And Cindy is like putting the puzzle pieces together like, um don't do don't cover for him. And she's like, "I don't believe this. I checked him before we left the house." And she walks over to Rusty again, putting her thumb and index finger on his chin, just kind of grabbing to like, "You and I are gonna have a talk later, young man." It's like, "Oh, you know, he knows that he was gonna not, he was gonna get in trouble." She's like, Danny, I don't know how he did this. I searched him before we left the house. She doesn't just grab his chin. She, like, grabs his chin and his cheeks. And, like, Oh, so, like I said, this is something that clearly happens a lot to Cindy. He's, Rusty is, like, probably messed up a lot of her relationship. She's, because her head is just down. She's just like, Danny, I, I'm sorry. I just, I wouldn't blame you if you don't want to see me again. And Danny's like, Cindy, please, look. <laughs> it's going to take more than a green head to ruin this relationship. Of course I want to see you again. And I want to see Rusty, too. Danny goes over to Rusty and is like, is that okay with you, Rusty? It's almost like Danny's saying, buddy, I'm here, okay? I'm not scared off by any of what you pulled today. I'm willing to give you a chance and show you that I'm not just interested in your mother. I would like to get to know you as well. So Rusty, because he's been kind of crouched on the back of the chair, he's like, yeah, that'd be cool. And I'm sorry, you're pretty cool, Mr. Tanner. And of course, Danny shakes Rusty's hand, like really shakes it. Uh, like, ah, oh, call me Danny. And of course, he hugs Rusty because Danny is the king of hugs. And of course, Rusty is just like, <laughs> you're a real touchy-feely sort of guy, aren't you there, Danny? <laughs> like, oh, you'll get used to it, buddy.
0: Be careful, Daddy. he's very tricky. No, you look good in green.
2: Pranks are one thing. But when you mess with a man's shampoo, you're messing with the man. Washes right out. Rusty, I don't get this. I really wanted us to be friends.
0: You don't want to be my friend. You want to be my mom's friend.
2: Well, I I do like your mom very much.
0: You're wasting your time because someday my mom and dad are getting back together.
2: Oh. That's what this is about. (laughs) Look, Rusty, I know how you feel. My parents are divorced, too. It hurts that they're not together. But you can't wreck every relationship that your mom tries to make. You know that's not fair.
0: I don't want to talk about it.
2: That must be your mom. Go ahead. Follow me. hi cindy how's everything at work
1: oh fine how's everything here
2: oh uh, couldn't be better rusty's a great kid i am we had a great time right rusty
1: yeah sure really he was good
2: oh it was wonderful we did a lot of stuff we tossed the football we played with a dog
1: you dyed your hair green
2: oh you noticed Well, I I started using Irish formula It's supposed to be worked in gradually, you know, each day
1: Danny, I don't know how he did this I searched him before he left the house You and I are going to have a talk later, young man I am really sorry, Danny You know, I wouldn't blame you if you didn't want to see me again
2: Cindy, it's going to take a lot more than a green head to ruin this relationship. Of course, I want to see you again. And I want to see Rusty, too. Is that okay with you, Rusty?
0: That'd be cool. And I'm sorry. You're okay, Mr. Tanner.
2: Hey, call me Danny.
0: (laughs) You're a real touchy-feely sort of guy, aren't you, Danny?
2: (laughs) You'll get used to it.
3: Alright, now we're in the kitchen at the table with DJ Stephanie and Rusty. There's a big carton of ice cream. You got your your ready whip spray cans. You got your ice cream float. Ice cream soda, excuse me. Dutch chocolate, real whipped cream. And I can't tell what's in that jar. Chocolate sauce, maybe? It might be chocolate sauce. Now, Stephanie, yeah. Oh, DJ's like, yeah, dig in, Rusty. And Stephanie's like, yeah, enjoy your ice cream soda. Rusty puts it to his lips, goes to take a sip, stops himself. Now he's thinking, well, wait, wait, wait a minute. I've terrorized these guys all afternoon. He's like, clearly they did something. He's like, wait a minute. I'm not the master of disaster for nothing. What'd you put in it? Dog food? So well, of course, DJ and Stephanie, uh, they're like they're faking. You guys know this, like oh well, you know he got us. Dude, smart for us, Steph. Well, of course, he's like, I'll just make my own ice cream soda. or the glasses. I will see smart. Clearly, no one would, he would be too smart for anyone to roofie his drink. Be like, no, 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 I am the master of disaster of all pranks here. Um, I don't take a sip out of anything that anyone's offered me for fear of what they put in it. So they're like, oh yeah, over there. They point to where the glasses are in the pantry door, cabinet door next to the window that Stephanie, you know, drove through in season three. Now, let me ask you this. If you were in someone's house, and you wanted to ask where the glasses are if, you know, they said, oh, you can have a drink. Would you go to a lone cabinet or would you start searching in the cabinets where probably the plates and the dish, the dishes are going to be, right? It's like, clearly it's going to be within reason. You're not going to put it, like, way on the other side of the room. I mean, that, I mean, I get rusty here for not taking a sip of a drink that he didn't make because you know, that's smart. And in today's age, don't ever accept a drink from somebody that you didn't see them make. Because that is that is very dangerous. We live in dangerous times, everybody. If those gears are turning in his head enough to realize that, he should have realized, like, oh, okay, yeah, sure, that makes sense. I mean, clearly. I mean, because he didn't see them get the glasses. So, goes over there, opens a cabinet, and Michelle is in there, sprays him with the ready whip can and just covering him and of course dj and stephanie jump in this is how they get him back the audience goes wild for this because rusty's like getting sprayed in the face by michelle goes to turn around only to be like shot at twice by dj and stephanie with their spray cans like oh you think you're safe no turn around because you're getting like, double from them. Audiences audience is like, woo! And clapping. And he's like, ah! And DJ and stuff, like, that, uh, the girls Candace and Jody look like they had a fun time. We cut to Michelle in the closet. says, gotcha, dude. This Rusty has to go get, like, a, uh, little, like, hand towel that's just conveniently on the kitchen table for messes. Wipes his face. And he congratulate, like a yeah, pretty good trick, girls. Of course, you know this means war. And they look at him just <laughs> anytime, Rusty. And they take their cans, upright them, blow off the tips like they're blowing off a smoking gun. <laughs> <laughs> All three of them, DJ. Stephanie and Michelle in succession lift their spray cans up and blow the tips off. Like <laughs> we're ready for you, guy. We got you. I'm gonna play this clip. This was just really cool. I love. This was a good ending.
0: Dig in, Rusty. Yeah, go ahead. Drink your ice cream soda. Wait a minute. <laughs> I ate the master of disaster for nothing. What did you put in it? Dog food. It's too smart for stuff. I'll just make my own ice cream soda. Where are the glasses? In that cupboard. <laughs> girls of
3: course you know this means war <laughs> anytime rusty <sighs> all right so i'm gonna go best worst outfit so the best outfit i honestly i like jesse's it was kind of like a uh light blue teal type of shirt with some like uh diamond design kind of running down a. Uh, the sides of the the, um the front of the shirt. It was I like that. Um worst I I gotta say I wanna go with DJ's, just her billowy XL canary yellow button up shirt. It just was really unflattering. I just wish I don't like that they put her in such large like larger than she needs to wear clothes. Most relatable character of the episode for me, of course. Like I said, it's Rusty. I didn't really care that... When my dad started seriously dating Pam, I just... I wasn't about it. Granted, I was not 10. I was 17. I knew better. My my actions were just very... I know. I I look back on it now, and I wish I hadn't have been like that, that I had actually really given Pam a chance. And I had over time. I mean, Pam had been with my dad for over 20 years, you know, before he, he passed away and everything like that. And, I mean, they weren't legally married, but, you know, she took care of my dad, you know, when he found out he had cancer and she was there for him so much. She she sold her house. She moved in with him and she really took care of him. She saw him at his worst and I can't even imagine what that's like. I mean, I saw my dad, you know, have good days and bad days and stuff like well, honestly, to be honest, I I didn't really see him at his worst and maybe it's best that I didn't. But um, excuse me, lesson learned from this episode is going to be Yeah, children divorce. I'm just. It's gonna get. It's gonna be hard, guys. I mean, you grow up with, you know, your parents always being there, and sometimes things happen, and it's not your fault. You didn't do anything. But it's just things happen that we can't change, and the only thing that we can really do, you can either ex eventually accept it over time and. You know, do your best to adjust as hard as it's going to be to a new situation. Know that you can't make things the way that it is. Or you can just, you know, take the Rusty route and just act out and get bad grades and, you know, say I'm doing this because... Make excuses like I'm doing this because my parents are divorced and I'm angry and everything. It's like, you can go that route or you can just... I don't know. I I, I don't wanna tell anyone how they should act when you know, their parents break up or split up or divorce and everything. But um and that parents, on the other hand, it's like definitely take your children's feelings into consideration as well. Don't spring something like that on them. Don't just disappear and move out over the weekend and just I'll explain it in a phone call. Because that be, that's one of the worst things. No kid wants to get a phone call like that. Of course, now that I've done Terror in Tannertown, I gotta do the next episode. This eight, month of April is the month of Rusty. These two episodes that focus on him. Of course, the next episode I'm talking about is Season 4, Episode 11, which came out, I believe, two weeks after. Because there is a gap of time there between... November 23rd and December 7th. That is at least two weeks' worth of time there. Secret admirer. The Tanners invite Cindy and Rusty over again for a backyard barbecue. Rusty writes a phony love letter which causes confusion as each member of the household reads it in turn, all believing it to be from a different person. This... Guys, I'm not going to (laughs) lie. This episode has got... The most inner dialogue you will ever, probably ever see on a show isn't done in like, that isn't a show that's normally done in narration like The Wonder Years, The Goldbergs, um, A Christmas Story. What are, I'm trying to think, what are other movies, TV shows that are done in narration can't think. I mean, those are the ones I can think of. But uh, yeah, this one's gonna be—it's gonna be cray. And I'm not gonna tell you now, but there is somebody that I relate to in this episode. <laughs> yeah. So I'll leave that for next time. I haven't decided what I because it's only two episodes. I haven't decided what I want to call the these two episodes as far as giving them like a a, a title. Like maybe. It's April, let the prank wars begin. I thought that would be kind of fun. But, or, um, something to do with, um, Rusty and the Master of Disaster or something. Something like that. Or, it's April and Rusty's no fool. I don't know. Something, something. I'll think of something before April gets here, but, uh. If you guys have suggestions, send emails to me at omhcfhfhpodcast at gmail.com. Also, who do you think Rusty's more in line with? Junior Healy from Problem Child, if you've seen it, if you're a 90s kid. Or what was the other example? I mean, I could go, I mean, I don't really want to go the good Macaulay Culkin and the good son, or Macaulay Culkin from Home Alone. I mean, um, the ki- ben, I think his name, was it Ben? F- the character um, JTT played Ben in Man of the House when he was pranking his soon-to-be stepfather. That could be kind of in the same vein as this. I'm trying to, I might eventually cover that on the podcast at some point. But um, we'll see. All right, everyone, have a wonderful April Fool's Day. And I will do Secret Admirer in a couple weeks. All right. Bye-bye, everyone.